Check, check, check. You're live. Testing. But I know I'm live, man. I know I'm, I'm <laughs> live. I'm one of the livest MCs out in there. <laughs> you like wish I talked like that, innit? Nah, 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 nah. We let the people do the talking, man. What's going on, mother lovers? Welcome back to another show. This is something you might not never know nothing about with your host, myself, my Stiggy, the natural born spitter, with my co-host, Dan DNA. What's going on, D? Yes, I'm you good? good. Yeah, let me just... Let me just bring up a tiny little camera of myself in the corner of the screen. There you go. That's we, me there. We've we got Rob live in the blanket right now, just waiting well, for his hot water. You can just about see Rob's water blanket bottle. there. If you look on yeah. that camera, you can just see him. Rob, can you give a little wave? Yeah, there you there go. You go. That's, it. That's it, man. <laughs> we are back, and it's good to be back, man. Shout out to all those that were locked in last week for our show with our homeboy Sandman. Live out of Queens. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We got to talk about quite a few things. I was very proud that we got to talk about footwear as well. Yeah. And what decent footwear is. Do you, know, do you know what I like as well is that he does like these 45 minute shows. So you always left, you know, wanting a little wanting, bit more yeah. of Homeboy Sam. Because <laughs> yeah, he's true. a nice, really nice person to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, it was fun, man. Yeah. It was a good chat. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you lot better start looking at talking about toe boxes, working out how <laughs> thick you want your heels to be. You know what I mean? It's serious business, man. I th- I got deeper into it, and it's like a part of the reason why a lot of people have hip problems, knee problems, which lead to back problems. You know, mm. you just think like, right, the domino effect. Mm. And then, but the amount of money these companies are making when you're wearing your Nikes and your Adidas. Let me stop. Let me stop. Shout out to the un- uncommon sensors in the building. Big up Black Einstein. Shout out to your more King Chico. Yes, Robbie Love. Uh, Liz Williams, Mr. Green, good to see you. Good to see you all, man. I'm looking forward to tonight, man. Uh, like we said, BLA, big up BLA in the building. Robbie Love. Yeah, like we said, last week was a lot of fun, man. We got to talk about quite a few different things you might not never know nothing about. And do remember, Homeboy Salmon is playing in uh, the Jazz Cafe on March the 2nd. Uh, if you want to get tickets for that, just hit them up online. Um, and yeah, so it was good to talk. Good to chat. And obviously, like we said, we want to do our best to bring you lot as much as we can. Stuff you might not never know nothing about, innit, Dan? Mm-hmm. The idea is not just to stick to one topic, not just to stick to one uh, uh, way of looking at things either, man. Whether you agree or disagree, uh, you know what I mean? It's just getting down to the truth. That's all we really want to do. Yeah. And, you know, I felt like to get to the truth, you just got to look up in the skies. I realized that at the time. I just felt like, yeah, it's true, man. That's been there all the while. Look how our whole world is governed by this. People look at you and they're like, what are you talking about? And then you just start naming the days. That's all you got to do. Start naming the days. 
Like, what do, they, what do those names mean? Sunday. Oh, all of a sudden we're talking about the sun. Are we talking about the sun? Is it Monday? What are we talking about? Mon. M-O-N. That sounds pretty, or looks pretty similar to something else. Add another O. What have you got? Moon day. Is that what that means? You know what I mean? And so on and so forth. And then you realize, like, okay, this, is, this has been going on way longer than I can even fathom. So what do I know, really? And so you've got specialists out there. Like, obviously, you know, uh, the crew know about MemDVG. He's been breaking down, you know, astrotheology and different things like that nonstop. Hold on, let me turn this off because it's putting me off. Nonstop. You know, showing us how we are connected, as above, so below type talk. And so there, you know, with Mem, he's so vast with what he knows. If he wanted to go <laughs> into this this chamber that we're going to go into now, he could. But it's beautiful that now I can get these two and we have a conversation about this because, yeah, like I said, there's people, you know, don't tell Dan, but there's people that have been trying to, you know, just get get to understand that this this thing is real. Dan, just one of those people, but I don't want people to know that. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just to understand. And it felt like, okay, he's not ready yet. But now, I think 2023... The game done changed, so it's time we can bring in a special guest that I've been looking forward to speak to. Her name, Erin Wage. That's pronounced it right, right? I got that right. Uh, Live out of California. So Erin should be up now. Yes. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gents, please, some fire emojis out there. Fire emojis, some love. Erin is an astrologist. Um, she does readings. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, does <laughs> readings. No, no, I'm getting these messages come through and it's like a, kind of throwing me off. Um, also, um, basically can tell you a lot about what's going on, you know, with your body in terms of um, the medical aspect as well. And also a horticulturalist. I like saying that word because I don't get to say it that often. But <laughs> <laughs> well, please, welcome to the show and thank you for coming through. Also, family with MemDVG, as, all, as uh, all of you know, one of our favourites on the show. So yes, it's, it's a pleasure for us to have you on. Mem is also on the, sh on the uh, yeah. chat as well, on the Zoom call. Yes. So, Mem, quick. Hi, everyone. There he yes, is. Mem. <laughs> yes, Mem. Yes. Wicked, man. Yes, yeah, good to have you both on. All right, let's get into this, please. For real. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having us, especially having us both together. This is such a treat. Yeah, I know it's going to be fun, man, definitely. So, all right, let's break down. Can you can you explain for the layman, for, you know, people like us, who <laughs> don't really, you know what I mean? He don't. But you don't really understand what astrology is and what it means and how it you know, involves us. Could you could you give us a little breakdown, a little paragraph on, you know, when you've got to explain to people, this is what I do and this is how it yeah, works. Yeah, sure. I mean, just going back into high school, which I'm almost 45 years old now, so that was a long time ago. But back in high school, I remember hearing, you know, this thing called astrology and understanding that I was a Pisces and being like, hmm, what's this all about? And reading about the sign of Pisces and it 
very much suited who I am. I was like, wow, this actually makes a lot of sense. And then later on in life, I learned something there's called the rising sign and figures out I'm a a Sagittarius rising. And then that just made even more sense. And then figuring out that it's not just the sun and the rising, that there's so much more to it. It's not just because a lot of people know, I would say most people know their sun sign. Most people know, you know, what's your sign? Most people know that. Uh, but there's so much more to it. It's not just where the sun was when you were born. It's where the moon was. It's where Venus was. It's where Mars was. All these little, you know, parts of us that become or manifest in our physical form based on the birth date, time, and location of when we were born Mm. and where we were born. And it really just makes up who we are. Not only just, you know, how we function and what we look like. And, you know, I, I'm, don't get me wrong. I do. I, I, I'm somebody who really has, um, I really do think human free will plays a big role in our experience here, but I think the natal chart, which is what we're talking about here mm. really does have a huge influence on, it's basically like, to me, it's the blueprint to our existence, to our entire life. Mm. And then that also goes into our physiology, our entire makeup, our, that's when we get into medical astrology. And, you know, it's just like Aries, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. And it really represents the spring equinox when the, you know, the days start getting longer. That's when spring develops and, you know, things start coming to life and, People who are born under the sun when the sun is going through Aries can have a tendency to have a little more what we call cardinal energy, a little more force. They spring into action. It's a fire sign. They can tend to have a little more aggressions than aggression than some of the other signs. Mm. Uh, and then not only that, but Aries being the first sign of the zodiac rules the very top of the head. And then the next sign down, Taurus which is what we call a fixed earth sign. And I'll go into a little bit more depth here, but just to kind of give everybody a clue as to what we're talking about here, the sign of Taurus is next. Taurus slows things down. It's what we call the fixed earth sign. Taurus rules just the next part down of our body, rules the the neck and the throat area. Mm. And then there's Gemini. And then that goes down into the lungs and the arms and so on and so forth. And if you just look around, if you just, you know, start paying attention to this stuff and start paying attention to when people's birthdays are, you might start to notice the qualities of these influences coming through people. But on that note, there's, you know, obviously not every single Aries is going to act the same. Obviously not every single Pisces is going to be the same. Not every Aquarius is going to be the same because again, there's so much more to the natal chart, but it all is based on where things were up in the sky and we're working with western astrology here so really where things were in the tropical zodiac at the time that we took our first breath Mm. and that's you know again that's just kind of what makes us who we are so does that make sense so far yeah so uh and so i'm trying to understand the part about is it you said about taking your first breath so it's not like when you were conceived as such it's more when you've born into that realm into the earth or what there is yeah there's a couple there's i mean honestly there's so many i actually have made a chart for when i was potentially conceived and then i've also made a chart because i was baptized i made a chart off of that as well you know some people will call uh when you were conceived the divine spark chart um and from what i've experienced 
what I've seen, it definitely seems like the first moment that we took our our first breath of air. Mm. That's really what shows the most prominence. Yeah, it it kind of makes sense as well when you think about it because now you are actually becoming and the whole idea of us breathing that's the spirit, right? So when you start breathing, that's that's must be when you're alive, you're actually alive. I guess I don't know if that makes sense. Well, totally. And and another thing too is that Your that's when we're thing. out of the womb. You know, that's when we're fully exposed to this realm. That's when those yeah, lights yeah. in the sky are gonna you know make <laughs> the biggest impact on us. But I do think there's also something to the divine spark chart. I do think that you know honestly you could make a chart off. Of, we could do a chart off of right now. We're creating something right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so that creation, that's that's its birth at that time. And then you're saying that you could probably read off of, you know, carrying on throughout. Because it is like a sky clock, like they say. Is that right? A sky clock. Exactly. That's what I love to call it is the sky clock. I mean, even businesses, you could even take, you know, okay, when's the best time to launch my, my business? I come up with this new business. I'm entrepreneuring something. And to start the business, say, when the moon, and this is getting a little more advanced, but hopefully people will be able to follow along here. Say when the moon is going through what we call a fixed sign, because the fixed signs have a tendency to stay. They're stable. They're, there's a little more uh, of a ability to Grounded. be stabilized. in the first, So it's like you've got a, a more of a tendency. And there's again, there's a lot more to this, but just to give you guys an example, the, the business will stay. There will be longevity for that business mm. rather than a mutable sign because the mutable signs are far more adaptable and have a tendency to change. But in my very strong opinion, not just because of what I've been, I wouldn't be studying this stuff if I didn't see it actually, you know, coming into reality. But from what I've experienced, it's it, it we really are being influenced at every moment of every day by those lights in the sky. That's crazy. Yeah, and I like the way you said influence. So it's not because I think a lot of people, um, once when they hear about this sort of thing, they're like, "What? So you're trying to say that that planet over there is making me do this, or you know, whatever?" <laughs> and it's that's not necessarily the case, right? Because as you said, it's an influence. I, it's an it's an influence for sure. And again, I personally, I don't know if every astrologer agrees with this. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I personally really do feel like there's a um, human free will within all of us. And there's also, gosh, I don't know how deep you want to go with this, but in my opinion, the the North and South node. I, Mem, have you guys gone deep into the nodes before on this show? Mem, uh, um, I'm sure yeah. we've I've probably touched on yeah, it yeah, in the many shows it. we've done, but um, yeah, I can't remember specifically talking about the nodes, but I'm I'm pretty sure that we've touched on it or I've mentioned it about the yeah, North have. node being what you're here to do and the south node being your past yeah, yeah, life. Yeah. So maybe I've touched on it briefly, but yeah, you feel free to expand upon so, yeah, it. Yeah, what does that mean then? Just, I, again, I would love, the nodes are my favorite to talk about. They're, they're, they're so powerful. They're what make eclipses happen, really. But the mm. south node, I notice this a lot with people. Okay, when we're born, this is another thing, you know, obviously the sun is somewhere, the moon somewhere, Venus is somewhere, but there's also these two 
what we call nodes, which actually is coming from a Latin term, knots. There's these two nodes that sit on the moon's ecliptic. The moon has an ecliptic that she goes around. Mm. And on one end of it is the north node, and on the other end of it is the south node. And these also go through the zodiac. Oddly, they basically are in retrograde the whole time. They basically go backwards through the zodiac. But when we're born... We're going to have a south node in one zodiac sign and a north node in a different zodiac sign. They're always going to be opposite each other. They're always, because that's how they are on the moon's ecliptic. They're always opposite each other. So I'll just use myself as an example here. So when I was born, the south node was going through Aries and the north node was going through Libra. Those are, those two signs are opposite each other. And I do notice a lot that people who are really kind of struggling in life and they're not able to really like uh, have the ambition to move forward with their goals and they don't have faith in anything and mm. they're just, you know, kind of, I'm just going to use the word lagging a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of times what they're doing is they're stuck in their south node energy. They're stuck there. They can't, because the south node is our past. The south node is energy that we already, according to traditional astrology, it's energy that we already mastered from previous lifetimes. And it's like what? a drain. We're meant to lean away from it in this lifetime and go towards our north node. And I do notice this a lot for people who are like, oh, this is, you know, um, it, you're trying to tell me that Mars is, is making me do this. It, they're almost like stuck in this south node energy, not ready to break free from it and understand the, you know, the reality of what we're, we're existing in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's something missing for sure. That's what it yeah. always feels like, because when people do sort of wake up to reality, then you kind of see that there's a switch. Like in mm -hmm. just even in the look in their eye, <laughs> they look a bit more alive and a bit more, you know, with it all. So, yeah, that makes oh. a lot of sense. So what was so what was it that triggered your discovery then? What made you realize like, oh, OK, this there actually is something to this. Was there like a major event or anything? I mean, like I was talking about even going back in high school, I was always fascinated by this stuff. But actually, there's a couple of things. One was I was extremely sick and I'm talking like kind of close to death. Oh boy, what was this? 2013 or something like that. I had a, and I still deal with. I have a, a blood disorder, um, and it's it's a combination of fungus and virus that you know just sort of attacked my immune system back then. I wasn't taking good care of myself, and that's really when I decided to change my lifestyle and take better care of my physical health mm. and my spiritual health, and started realizing. I mean, I started getting better just by eating healthier and you know taking things like medicinal mushrooms, just overall immune boosters and, you know, just taking better care of my physical health. But then I started, you know, understanding, well, wait a minute here. There's so much more to this experience than our physical form. I really want to get, you know, more of a, on a spiritual path, but with something that is a little more tangible, something that, you know, I can make sense of rather than just praying to angels and that sort of thing. I needed something that could basically work with math. And that's where, you know, I started going back into this astrology stuff and thinking to myself, okay, so when the moon is waning, when the moon's getting smaller, that's a better time to detox versus when the moon is growing, where we're going towards a full moon, that's a time to give my body nutrients and just slowly started getting into more of a habit of that kind of a lifestyle. And the more I did, the more I learned about it. 
But then once I was feeling strong enough, I actually went and started working on a farm, Hmm. a ganja farm, and could not believe the difference in the plants if we're planting them according to biodynamics, if if we're planting the seeds when it's in alignment with the stars versus you don't want to plant a seed on a full moon. I mean, maybe it kind of depends on what kind of seed it is, but you certainly don't want to plant a ganja farm seed on a full moon. You want to catch it. There's a, especially if it's like a new moon in Pisces, you want to catch the moon as it's waxing through the sign of cancer, just after Pisces started falling this stuff. And my mind just exploded with how accurate this stuff was showing itself to be. So that's when I knew it wasn't just me. And I knew, you know, as I'm seeing with my own eyes and then applying, you know, understanding my siblings chart, of course, I was able to figure out what time they were born and starting to look at yeah. their stuff and going like, wow, this is really real. Wow. There's no way that this is not real. Yeah. And so you're proving that it just takes the time for you to actually go, OK, let me just see if this is real. You know, I'm going to go through the motions that I have to, because it's not that easy to just decide like, all right, I'm going to look at this chart try and understand what this really means you know from all different aspects and whatnot so yeah that yeah. i think that that's a quite a, a strong thing there that people need to understand is like it's not going to make sense to you straight away especially with like i mentioned earlier the you know all we know about um uh you know your star sign is the little paragraph that you get in the newspaper on the way to work or whatever on the tube and you read it and just think oh, whatever you read it every day and you're just like this doesn't even make sense and whatever and uh, but that's very deep about um, what you said about even planting seeds at the right time as well. It, Incredible! It makes it feel like there is, and I know, Mem, you know, you could touch on this that there is some real, there must be some real esoteric knowledge on all of this. Not if you if it's like you can plant a seed. Imagine that. This is something that. All we all we can tell, all anyone can tell us, whatever scientists can say, that this seed grows this plant. They can't tell you exactly how it does it. There's no way to monitor, to look at, to understand, to know the language that makes this seed grow into this plant. But all we can say is it does that. But there's that connection where this seed that we can't explain, but somehow has a connection with what's going on up there in the skies. That's pretty amazing, man. And there must be a whole type of other knowledge out there that, you know, that um, is important to us as well, that probably is involved in that, wouldn't you think? Yeah, all I would say in in relation to what you've said is that I know, for example, like how Erin was explaining that you wouldn't, you would plant a new seed like towards maybe a new moon rather than a full moon Mm. or whatever. And like, in terms of like esoterically and astrotheologically, that's similar. So, for example, if you take like the Islamic religion, mm. their new month always starts on a new moon because it's a new beginning. Mm. So, like you can see how they've used it, for example, in for their kind of doctrine. But it's the same thing, but. One is more of like a philosophy, mm. whereas what Erin is talking about is more to do with the science. earth and like growing stuff. But it's still the same concept because it's a new beginning, a new month, hence the word month, like we've said before, the word month comes from moon. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I would add to what Erin was saying. 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, I thought it's another thing that I don't want to forget to mention because it's kind of it, it applies to this, especially for the skeptics. Mm. There's a book. I'm gonna hold it up right now. I don't even know if I'm on the screen, but it's called The Metal Planet Relationship. Mm. This is by Nick Collarstrom. And it's really hard to find this book. It mm. took me two years of putting, like I put a notification on uh, eBay saying, let me know if you see this book go up for sale. And I, I was watching all kinds of websites to buy this book. And finally I saw it because it's totally out of print. But what this book shows, it's it's actually coming from the research of Rudolf Steiner. Oh, shout out to Rudolf Steiner. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, and so there was a lady, her name is Lily Kalowski. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. She was a German scientist. And what she was getting from Rudolf Steiner is that, without a doubt, each planet is associated with certain metals, okay? We'll, we'll start with Venus as an example. Venus rules copper. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what this, what they were doing for an experiment is they were taking, you know, you can take metals and turn them into salts, cell salts, right? Mm. Okay. Oh, so what my they were, they were okay. taking these cell salts. Again, this is just one example, but the book goes out through many and actually shows the photographs. They were taking the, um, the cell salts of copper and putting it in some sort of a solution. I think it was some sort of a saline solution or something like that. And dipping filter paper into the the now liquid form of the cell salt mm -hmm. of the metal yeah. and testing it, seeing what would happen with the patterns of the, the filter paper just kind of sporadically. And what happened was nothing real exciting happened until the moon herself transits over when i say transits what i'm talking about i don't know if i'm on the screen hopefully everybody can see me so yeah you are yeah Here's my hand wait where may we get this on like hold on there no, put your full screen one sec there you go. okay so here's my hand this is the moon or sorry yeah this is venus we'll say this is venus and so the moon's coming along my other hand is the moon the moon's coming along and goes along and catches up with venus well, as soon as the moon hits it, it was actually 10 minutes before the moon hit Venus, all the copper in the filter paper would go nuts. All of a sudden, it's just showing up all over the place on the filter paper. And they did that with, with Saturn's metal. They did that with Mars metal. They did that every time. And it, it was totally and completely consistent. And in my opinion, and I, I feel like anybody who reads this book, maybe Dan, you should read this book. It's, it's, I, I know, absolute... I know Nick Collestrom. Yeah. I know. You do? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've interviewed Nick Collestrom. Yeah. Hey, see? This, this book, in the house he, he, he writes about um, the planting with the moon stuff as well, doesn't he? That's yes, exactly. Yeah. And to me, it's just, it's hand, and not only that, but our whole bodies are made up of metals. You know, we've got those cell salts. There's well, yeah, a cell that's... salt. Every zodiac yeah, sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what is it, Mem, the whole thing about we lack the last three cell salts or something like yeah, that? Yeah, we because well, obviously, because we're in our mother's womb for nine months and there's 12 cell salts, we're all missing three cell salts. So it will be, generally, it will be your sun sign depending on what part of the sun, the sign you're born. Because if you're born right at the end of it, then you can kind of develop that more of that cell salt. Yeah. But generally, it will be your sun sign and the two after. So I've actually, one second, you brought that up. This is 
deep, man. Shout out to Rudolf Steiner as well. Uh, you got to get to Steiner school. I've actually got the board here for each one. Ooh. Oh, that's each cell salt. Yeah. So that it's for good. each sign in the zodiac, not each. Oh, right. But each sign has um, at, yeah. least, at least one plan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. At least two signs. Uh, um, yeah, so Mice, you're an Aquarius, right? Yep. So you would be deficient in sodium chloride, ferrous phosphate, and potassium, and potassium phosphate. Okay. So right. they would be your three, for example. So cucumbers. Um, all right, man. Oh, man, yeah. Man, you're, ah, this is deep. Okay. And that's, that's George Carey's work, right? Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that is amazing. So this is what I'm talking about. So think about none of us know that. You know, people don't know anything about that. How uh, important it is for you to be topped up in your cell salts that that you're lacking in. And so a lot of illnesses people may be coming across. You know, whether it be I don't know arthritis, headaches. You, you know, whatever. It could even be things like I wouldn't be surprised if things like um, migraines and you know back problems or whatever. They have something to do with your deficiency in some of these minerals, you know. And imagine if we were being taught things like this in school, the right kind of foods to be eating, to keep a balance, keep, you know, that homeostasis. It would really work for people. And then we can go into, you mentioned about, Erin um, mentioned about um, business. Like you can go into business and Say like, right, when should I start this business? What type of business is it? And how does that all work then? How would that, you know, obviously we've got the body chart with the, with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's another thing, like I was talking about, you can work, there's, there's so much depth to this. If you're going to launch a business, you know, you'd really want to watch. Okay. Let's step away from people's natal charts for just a minute and talk about what's going on up in the sky for launching a business. It's, um, and let me say this real quick. Every bit of information that I am speaking about is, I went to school for this stuff. I went to the Academy for Astrological Medicine. Uh, I went to the American Federation School of Astrologers. I've read, I don't even know how many books I've read on this stuff. And so it's not like I'm just making this stuff up. But the, and not only that, but the astrologers that I've learned from have been doing this, you know, for 50 plus years. Mm. But it's like when the moon is waxing, the energy of what we're receiving down here is waxing as well. It's growing. It's getting bigger. Okay. Even if you feel soil, soil tends to stay more moist. Of course, there's going to be some fluctuation here, depending on what time of the year it is, but soil tends to stay more moist when the moon is full. There's just, the energy is growing as the moon is growing, but then there's also certain Zodiac signs like, you know, I'll, I'll talk about Pisces because I'm a Pisces. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Pisces is not a, a very strong sign for business. It's just not. Pisces is the wishy-washy fish that, you know, wants to live in the spirit realm. But when we talk, we, so you wouldn't necessarily want to start a business when the moon, and we're talking about the moon because the moon changes zodiac signs approximately every two and a half days. The moon is very important to follow, mm. but you wouldn't necessarily want to start your your business when the moon is going to the sign of Pisces because it's just not. A, depending on what this uh. business was, maybe the business was all about mysticism and spirituality, or, or you're a psychic or something like that. Mm. But for the most part, those two energies don't go well together: business and the sign of Pisces. 
uh, especially if the moon is getting smaller, waning, because that's not going to support the growth of a business. But then also we could go into when something is on the horizon, when there's a certain, and I'm going to call them celestial bodies because they're just not all planets. Mm. Okay. But I'm referring to what most people will call the planets. Let's say when we're talking about what's on the horizon, what's on the rise, what's coming above the horizon, mm. uh, you know, say something like Mars that brings action. Mars is, is the ruler of Aries. Again, Aries is the action oriented warrior. Okay, so Mars brings us action. That's Mars's energy. He rules our physical drive. Mm. And so when Mars is rising, okay, great. We got the moon waxing. And let's say the moon's going through the sign of Capricorn. It's kind of sign of Capricorn is all very much associated with business and, and being the boss and authority. Okay, so the moon's waxing through Capricorn. And if we can get that and Mars rising above the horizon at the same time that you're launching your business, then boom, you're stoked. Like that's you know, that's what you want to go for. Right. And it's it's proven itself. I, I I do recommend that people look into the work of Judith Hill because she's spent 10 years of her life, you know, showing that this stuff, you know, with statistics and strong evidence to show that this stuff works. And how how is that? Is she going back into history and looking at when business started and, and when the ideas came up and different things like that? And then looking yeah. at this... And as, as well as also wow. as well as not only with her work, but with others, as other astrologers, you know, giving guidance to other people watching businesses fail versus watching businesses grow. And you know, also then you'd also want to apply it to your own natal chart, too. If somebody just doesn't have the support in their natal chart, like, oh, I don't know if you really meant to be a, you know, entrepreneur, not to say that any people can't, but, you know, it might not be in somebody's. Um, it might not show itself in the chart. Like you might have nothing in the 10th house, nothing in the sixth house. And again, I'm, now I'm getting into stuff that people aren't going to understand what I'm talking about. But if somebody's got a natal chart that doesn't really support successful entrepreneurships, you wouldn't want to, you know, give them false hopes. You know, mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, yeah, there's a thing about obviously, People get into, um, they grasp onto too much of what's being said and think that's the be all and end all. When actually, it's just, it could there could be variations which don't seem as they're not as impactful as you may think. You know, that sort of thing. Is that what you mean? Yes, and all, yeah, it's but it's also let's see how do I describe this? It's like in some people, like in some people's charts and some people's natal charts, and hopefully everybody understands what I'm talking about when I say a natal chart, that's the thing that is going to show where all those celestial bodies were in the sky at the time of your birth. Yeah. Okay. And some people are born. I mean, it's like, okay, let's take somebody like, you know, who's got a super crazy success. Okay. Let's talk about, I mean, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to give Donald Trump praise or anything like that, but he's somebody who's gotten a lot of attention in the world. Mm. He's very good at being the boss. I mean, he had a show called The Boss or something like that. Mm. He's got a whole bunch of energy in his natal chart that supports successful career. Not only that, but he's a Leo rising, which is you know, we know somebody here who's got a Leo rising can be good. <laughs> somebody who could be good at, you know, kind of getting the attention they need to have a successful versus somebody who's just got 
a, a chart that suggests, you know what, you, you might want to, um, I just wouldn't want to fill your heart with hope that you're going to be as successful as Donald Trump because your chart just doesn't really fully support that. Let's yeah. work with something else. Let's find something else that, you know, that, that would be getting into vocational astrology, which is another thing that I'm really starting to master that's you can you can see in the chart what somebody would be good at and and what wow. they might not be good at you yeah. can also see when somebody can be delusional and think they're gonna you know you know somebody a, a, a girl that wants to be you know on miss america or something like that that you know i could see in the chart like i, I I'm so sorry. I just don't, I'm not going to try and discourage you from going after your dreams, but yeah. I don't see it. Sometimes you might you. not even need the chart for that. I guess that might be. It might be an easy one sometimes. Oh man, this is amazing. So yeah, like, like uh, you know, this has opened it even wider than I thought, you know, when you think about, there, there must be even, let alone times when it's like, oh, when's a good day to go shopping? Or, But, okay, so you mentioned about um, something to do with uh, Mars being good for business and whatnot. And, like, over here, I think, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it is in Aries, right, where the business year starts and all that. And Aries is... Oh, yeah, like the tax years in, yeah, the tax in year. April. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know... Like why? Why when our new year is in January or whatever? Like why would they do that? So they must know about all of this sort of stuff. Yeah, but, but, and but use my, it. But reason why it is them two signs that are the start. Yeah, because exactly. it goes back to what Erin was talking about with Mars. Because mm. Mars exalts in Capricorn, which means that's where it starts its journey, mm. and it rules in Aries. So they're the two most martial points mm. of the year. That's why they've you they've that's the other reason why they would have picked Capricorn mm. next to the Aries, because they're both got Martian energy. So they're and they're both cardinal points and they're both like bangs. They're both stop they're both starting points of a season. Capricorn starts winter and Aries starts spring. But they're both very Martian signs. So again, it goes to show how They've even connected it that way, yeah. even though they've changed it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, for sure, man. And so <clears throat> the other thing would be, obviously, um, you know, in terms of like looking at the business side of it, then it's also what type of career people would should, you know, should tend to go for. I guess that's quite a good one for people to look at as well, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than making the wrong decisions all the time. Yeah, you know, which can <laughs> which can happen. Oh, it took me twenty years to get here. You could have probably got there a bit sooner. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I just wish that it, I, I manifest that one day we're living in a world where this stuff is reintroduced just to normal schools. You know, because so, I can't even explain how much this information could help people figure out how to, you know, what to do with their life. I, I, those are my favorite clients are the young people who are going off to college. What should I major in? What would I be, you know, good at what, and it's 99.999% it, of the time. It's, it's clear as day to, to me, what somebody will excel at and going back to those nodes, that North and South node, the South node being stuff that again, 
of course, I have no way of proving this stuff, but, you know, according to traditional astrology, where the south node was when we were born, that's going to say a lot about what we experienced from a most recent past life. And a lot of times people, it's like, oh, that's what I'm good at. That's, you know, subconsciously, it's not like they're, you know, really remembering from a previous lifetime. Maybe some people are, but they're, you know, they want to keep doing what they're good at, what they felt natural with in that south node energy but that's not gonna that's not gonna give them the the boost that they need to have the success mm. want to go towards that north node i'm sorry to keep bringing up the nodes but they're definitely my, they're, no, they're just not talked about very much but they're they're said to take our soul from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime like the nodes rule over the journey of our soul that's pretty interesting man that's very interesting because yeah I, I haven't heard a whole lot in terms of that much depth to do with the nodes but that could, you know, it would make sense as to why people do have certain experiences they have, whether it be, you know, just like dreams that reoccur in dreams that happen or the urge to do some kind of crazy sport or, you know, some people do some death-defying stuff that you're like, what, what is pushing you to do that? Maybe that stemmed from a past life or, you know, like, and yeah, what would, where would that stem from? up there in the sky and that makes sense it makes sense man that's yeah. interesting yeah i think that and i do i i think there's also some adrenaline junkies just because they're what we would call martian dominant or mars dominant people have a lot of mars energy in their natal chart they tend to just need the adrenaline that's what mars rules that's mm. what mars brings mars is kind of a badass all right so can we go through from your point of view like what what are the sort of tendencies and and characteristics of each star sign because you know a lot of What's a lot of people are always wondering, okay, so uh, what do you mean? And then they can see now whether you say things why, like that. Why right? don't okay. we why don't we no, get some sense. why don't we get some of the people in the chat to tell us their star sign? Yeah. <laughs> and then you and then Erin tell us what she thinks they might be like. Yeah. Well, you know, sure. yeah, the their tendencies are yeah, te- yeah, possibilities. That's what I mean. You know, though, yeah. Though, though, yeah, no, they ain't gonna Let get us know in anyway. the chat. Yeah, shout out to Robbie Love BLA, you're more Mr. Green, all the crew Regantology, yes, yes. Liz Williams, shout to Sinead, BLA, yes, man, crew are in the building. Teddy T, we see you. <laughs> yes, man. King Chico. Right, check, Rob's a bit snug now. We've got our first one in, Liz, Liz Williams, Leo. Leo? Yeah. Yes. Leo. Leo. Leo's one of my favorite signs. Leo, it's, I love it because it's ruled by the sun, which is the brightest light in the sky. And Leo has this tendency to just kind of be the brightest light wherever it goes. Leo is such a vibrant energy. In fact, it's said to be one of the signs that has the strongest vitality or like, because it's here to enjoy life. Mm. And not only that, but the sign of Leo can have a tendency to get attention, just kind of, and let me just make sure that I'm being clear here. This doesn't mean that every single person who has their son in Leo is walking around just trying to get attention and enjoying life because They could, when they were born, if the sun was right here and say Saturn was right here, if Saturn was right next to the sun, Saturn restricts that energy. Saturn changes it. Saturn's the one that brings obstacles and is cold and constrictive. So it's like that completely changes it. But if somebody's just got their sun sitting by itself in the sign of Leo, especially like if it's in the 10th house, Mm. they can tend to just get a lot of attention. And not only that, but Leo rules the heart. It also rules the spine. 
Oddly, it also rules has a huge influence on the gallbladder, but those are very important parts of our body. And so that sign of Leo, you know, ruling the heart, it just shines to the heart. And on that note, just kind of touching on medical astrology for a minute here, mm. one strong theory that applies to the medical astrology is that, okay, so if somebody's son is in Leo, that would mean that like the antenna, I'm kind of getting a little strange here, but if you can just envision that they're the antenna to their vital force, because the sun rules our vital force, mm. is coming through the heart. That's where they pick up the sun's energy is through their heart. Mm. And so that's what makes Leo this like, oh, like super bright, shiny energy and can be super fun and playful. It's it's represented by the lion. lion you know, the lion hearts. that can be very, very courageous and ferocious, but also lions can be very, very playful. And also it's like, this energy of Leo, it's what we call the fixed fire sign. All the fixed signs can be a little stubborn. They don't necessarily want to, you know, adapt into new situations or they want things to be fixed. But overall, the sign of Leo is just a sign of vibrancy. Jeez. Um, Mem, can you, have you no. got your, um, you know, your, uh, that chart you had there with the cell yeah. salts? Cell sorts that. What would Leo? What type of food? Magnesium phosphate. Magnesium phosphate. That's yeah. what they'd represent. Hmm. All right. So you and you lot can go digging. You know what I mean to find out what you need. So right, I can read it out. I'll read it out. Liz Williams, it's, let us know if any of that's true. Phosphate foods with magnesium phosphate are Brazil nuts, walnuts, peas, corn. White beans and peanuts are the ones that I've got here. Obviously, there's a lot more, but mm. I can only fit a yeah. certain amount on my board. Yeah. So they're the main ones that I have. So are they the foods that they should be eating regular or they're the sort of foods that represent? Yeah, they're the foods that they should... They're the yeah, foods with magnesium phosphate. phosphate. Ah. So if they're deficient in that, that cell salt, mm. they can get them through them foods, basically. Mm. Nice, nice, man. Oh. So especially if they were born at, say, like two and a half degrees Leo, right? Mehmet, they would want that that Leo cell salt? Yeah, for sure. If they're born, like I was saying before, right at the beginning of a sign, they would definitely be lacking it. Whereas if they were born on a cusp towards the end of a sign, that they might be more predominant in it, obviously, because they've been in the womb longer, they would have got that. Uh, vital force through the sun so like it again it it depends like that's the thing with astrology like erin was saying is that the reason why sometimes it sounds a bit like wacky is because it's just like people speak about it too generally so mm -hmm. like oh leo is just like this but like erin said if you're a leo but you've got saturn conjunct your sun in leo then saturn is cold and dry so then cold and dry doesn't work with hot so then they're opposing each other so then that saturn will be blocking your leo energy so like erin was saying it's not just as easy as you being a leo or being whatever sign or for example if you've got something opposing your sun in a if you had something in aquarius mm. Uh, and opposing your son, that might cause 
a little bit of um, a blockage of some sort. There's squares. There's so many things, aspects to take into consideration. Also, for example, you could be a Leo, right? But just say, but just say you're a Leo and you had the sun in the fifth house. That would be the best place for your sun to be. But then you could be a Leo, but have um, your son maybe in the eleventh house, and it would it wouldn't be as strong because it's the opposite energy to what it is. Or for example, you might be a Leo who has the sun in the fourth house. Well, the fourth house is about can is relates to cancer in the home. So although you might have Leo energy, you still might not be as out there because it's concentrated in the fourth house, which is about the home. So there's so many variations that you have to take into consideration. Yeah. So like I said, the only way that we you can understand it is to become a student yourself and learn what each house is and what each planet is and what each sign is and whether it's fixed, cardinal, mutable. So like there's a lot of it's intricate. ingredients mm. to take into consideration to understand it all. Because like it's just like yeah, just like Erin's saying, it's not as simple as just being a Leo or a Scorpio. Although it can be, like obviously each sign has its archetype, but like Erin mentioned, it's all to do with like the conjunctions, the aspects, what houses they fall in, whether you're born in the day or you're born in the night. For example, like people say, if you're born during the day, that you're more of a um, extroverted yeah. person. If yeah. you're, if a lot of your planets are on the bottom half of the chart, then you might be more of an introverted person. Mm. Again, you can look at stuff like whether all your planets are rising or setting. So, for example, if all your planets are rising, you might be a bit more of an upfront, get up and go person. Mm. But if you, all your your planets are setting then you might be a more of a laid back person. So like Erin mentioned, there's a lot of dynamics to a chart. Well, uh, Liz Williams says, hell yeah, ha ha on point, lol. So if any of your listeners uh, want to get a reading with me after the show, just if you can you can schedule straight through my website i was just going to say i'll give you guys a 25 percent discount if you just oh, schedule through my website and leave wow. a little note and say that you were on the show here i'll, I'll happily give you on on any length of reading you know, a half oh, an hour wow. one hour 90 minute reading I'll, I'll happily give you that oh, discount thanks. oh wicked man thanks for that yes man so uh the next one regentology pisces <laughs> what, what what about the pisces what did it say before pisces? Re regentology one of the other people in the chat uh, oh, after, oh, okay, after that's yeah, his name's Regentology. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like Re President Reagan. So it's like, <laughs> what? What do you say? <laughs> okay, okay. So Pisces, I am a fellow Pisces as well. Pisces is yeah. the last sign of the zodiac. Okay, and it's it's like the it's just uh, we were talking about Aries is when things spring into action, uh, and it, you know Aries is ruled by Mars and it's aggressive. Pisces is just before Aries. It's at the end. It's at the very end of the circle. And it's where things are, you know, we have to sound bad, but it's where things are dying. It's where it, Pisces is connected to the spirit realm. Pisces 
it's it's represented by two fish. This is such a good way to describe the Piscean energy. It's represented by two fish, two fish that are tied together because one fish wants to go swim off into utopia into the spirit realm and the other fish is in the physical realm saying wait no you can't go swim away into the spirit realm yet because we have these earthly responsibilities to take care of so they're tied together like that it's also it's ruled by jupiter and neptune and to be clear in ancient astrology it's ruled by jupiter in modern astrology it's ruled by neptune in my opinion it's ruled by both and to me it's clearly ruled by both uh jupiter And when I'm talking about rulerships here, every sign, every zodiac sign is ruled by either one or two celestial bodies. Again, I'm referring to the planets, but those celestial bodies are what make the sign what it is. That's a huge part in what makes the sign what it is. So when we talk about the influence of Jupiter first for Pisces energy, Jupiter is the uh, influencer of things like faith and compassion. Mm. And then the Nep- and Pisces by nature can be very naturally compassionate and can also, it's a sign of faith. It's a sign of oneness and wholeness. Okay, but then Neptune's influence comes in and Neptune influences that dreamy, mystical, sort of altered states of consciousness, kind of what Pisces can have a tendency to, if somebody's having a, or even in school, paying attention in school <laughs> can be very difficult for yeah. the Pisces because it's like, whoa, but yeah. I got other things going on in my subconscious. And it's just not exactly a very earthly energy. But if we focus on the qualities of Pisces, it's also very psychic. Neptune's influence can make people very psychic and just tapped into other realms. And then it's also, again, the end of the circle. It's it's connected to the spirit realm. Uh, unfortunately, it does not have the strongest vital force because it is at the end of the zodiac. Um, it's what we call the mutable water sign. When I say all the signs, they're, they're fixed cardinal or mutable okay Mm. and the mutable signs are very adaptable and with that said there's qualities that come with that Mm. but pisces can just sort of adapt into all kinds of new situations like oh okay we're gonna go hang out with these people oh wait but then we're gonna go hang out with this totally different type of people tomorrow night and pisces can do well with that uh but the mutable energy can also have a very difficult time staying on track with it's like the mutable signs will set a goal for something and they're going along, but all of a sudden something seems way more interesting over here. Like, oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm, I was going after this goal, but something got a little more shiny over here. I want to go after that shiny thing. And then something else shiny got over here. Oh, wait, wait, wait I want to go that way. Oh, wait, no, I want to go that way. Wow. So it's a very like adaptable a energy. And then we talk about the element of water for the sign of Pisces. Pisces just tends to be an emotional energy. It's, again, naturally compassionate. The emotions, you know, even just watching the uh something i i'm pisces on on instagram when i see like somebody posting a you know a video of their their sick dog or something i'm just instantly in tears and that's Mm. such a piscean thing to just feel the 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 sadness Mm. but yeah so but then again it's like if you're a pisces and say like for myself as an example here as a sagittarius rising which the rising sign is our persona. It's our outward expression. Sagittarius is optimistic and fun and adventurous. So it's like a lot of people might not guess I'm a Pisces because I'm more fiery and more outgoing than the typical sort of introverted Piscean energy. Wow. That makes sense to the listener? Yeah, I think Jay, well. Jay let us know. <laughs> Regentology, let us know um, if that was accurate or not. You There's know. a Mr. Green is also Pisces in the chat. He said, that's me down to a T. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Awesome. See, you know, people think you're crazy when you, but it is actually, 
it's a lot deeper than they let us lead us on to know. And I think once we start understanding that, you realize like, wow, if everybody knew this, like you were saying earlier, if people actually learned this in schools and whatnot, imagine how much easier things would be in the world. You wouldn't need, look, none of you lot would need no Tinders. You know what I mean? You wouldn't need the date chat apps and whatnot. You wouldn't be worried about, you know what I mean? You know how to communicate with people. Oh, what's that? I wouldn't need, oh, right. So you're into, oh, do you want, oh, you want margaritas? Like, you know what I mean? You could tell what. So it's amazing, man. There's so much to learn from it. And uh, I think it really is important that the word keeps spreading. So I find it interesting that you're into, you, you say that both, um, when you were talking about, um, was it both Neptune and uh, Jupiter. Jupiter? Yeah. So there is this understanding that there's like an old world um, sort of level of astrology and then a new world, like a new version that's, that involves Neptune and what are the other ones? Uh, Uranus and Pluto. Yeah, Uranus and Pluto. So how do you think that came about that? Do you think sort of those other planets were involved back then, but just forgotten about or... How did it come about that, that, yes, these are these do work and they're involved as well? Okay, that's a really good question. Um, and I want to hear Mem has to say after I speak on this, because I think he's probably got a good opinion on this as well. Mm. So really, it's, it, I mean, this is before Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto were discovered, okay? So it's like there was no Neptune to place onto the sign of Pisces. And Jupiter is the closest to it because Jupiter, again, is compassionate and about faith. And in fact, Jupiter has a lot to do with religion, um, which Pisces isn't necessarily associated with religion, but it's it's more the, in fact, the motto for the sign of Pisces is I believe, uh, but that can come from that Jupiterian energy. But then when Neptune was discovered, at least from what we're being told, is that a group of astrologers, I believe they were like Rosicrucianist astrologers that got together and studied the influence, you know, watching what's going on with Neptune and seeing what kind of influence it might be bringing. And then they applied it to the sign of Pisces as well. And see the modern astrologers were like, oh, this is perfect. This makes so much sense. It's It's gotta be, you know, related to the sign of Pisces. It has to be Neptune that rules Pisces. And then the ancient astrologers or the more traditional astrologers were like, well, wait a minute, you can't completely forget about Jupiter's rulership here. You've got to, you can't just leave them out. And I, I mean, in my opinion, I, I can see why, uh, I can see both perspectives. I really can. I can see the astrologers that um, have been studying ancient astrology from the beginning, and it all makes sense to them, the, the Ptolemaic planets, okay? That's before Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto okay. were discovered. That's oh, what astrologers had to work with. Mm. Um, now, it again, I could just to me, it, it, it just makes sense that it's both. Now, I want to hear what Mehmet has to say on this topic as well. Um, yeah, what I would say, I think I've spoke about this before with mm. mice briefly, because I think mice asked the question. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think both make total sense, but um, it's interesting because we know that, for example, a lot of the Greek gods are archetypes of the planets, mm. so we know that the Greeks had like Poseidon, yeah which corresponds with Neptune and you had like 
Uranus, which was Uranus, mm. and then you had um, Hades, which um, corresponds with Pluto. So mm. those archetypes have always been about. So again, it's debatable whether the new so-called people who discovered it did really discover it yeah. or they're just claiming that they discovered it to boost their name and kind of get people to follow their cosmology. Does that make sense? So again, it's, it's hard to tell whether um, they did really discover it because like I said, you had all of these kind of archetypes in different though. like mythologies or different like uh, schools of thought for example because even in the kabbalah when you look at the ten sephiroth mm. they have it's the top one is neptune mm. so it goes neptune uranus saturn jupiter mars sun venus mercury moon and then earth in the kabbalah in the ten sephiroth so and it's in their older, system yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So And that's way older than this new system. Exactly. So I don't know, man. I think that um Interesting. Personally the whole like them saying they discovered um like Neptune and Pluto and Uranus recently, I think just ties more into like NASA's propaganda, personally. Mm. So like mm. um yeah, because then it kind of ties in with the whole, uh, like, the new Aquarian age. Oh, look, we've got technology now, so we can see further that. And, like, the olden day people were stupid, so they didn't know about this stuff. It like, kind of ties into that whole um, plot, if yeah. that makes sense, or yeah. script, should I say. Yeah. But, again, it's hard for us to really know. And one other thing I'd say on that is that, the seven planets we see with the physical eye probably have more of an impact on us, like physically and spiritually. Whereas I see like, this is my own interpretation. I see Uranus, Neptune and Pluto as a bit more maybe like transcendental and psychic. And they might kind of correspond more with our psyche. Whereas the seven planets that correspond with our seven chakras and the seven colors of the electromagnetic spectrum might have more of an influence on our like on the material realm more if that makes sense very poetic man that was deep that was yeah deep. super well said i do think there's so much more to this story than we're being told yeah, i mean as yeah. with anything but uh yeah i do think it's it's very mysterious but yeah you hit the the nail on the head talking about how you know, Saturn rules our bones, Mars rules our muscles, Mercury rules our mind, but then Uranus is said to rule our electrical body, like the toroidal mm. field that's going around us. And then Neptune rules our, our subconscious. And it is, it's psychic porousness. It's like Neptune. That's why Pisces is considered to be psychic because Neptune makes that part of our field more porous where the psychic energy comes in. And then Pluto is said to rule the psyche and the underworld and will reveal secrets and that sort of thing, but they don't necessarily rule physical parts of our body. So, because I've heard people talk about there being other chakras that are above the crown yep. chakra. So would yep. that, that coincide with 
that then would that make sense then are there that amount is it another what would there be another three or something like that yep that's true actually mice that's very well like i'm glad you brought that um up like as a reminder yeah that's Mm. true so yeah that's right it could be that those chakras above our head the ones that we can't see are kind of um they're beyond the physical symbols of those other three planets yeah and being that they're beyond the physical like they're not things that we can measure in from our sense our point of view and sense and that 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 would make sense with all the whole thing with like bioresonance um you know like um like the exosomes thing and people being able to connect even though we're not touching so i might yawn you're not even seeing me yawn but you yawn as well or you know people start giggling at the same time or you know things that do you know what i mean we just seem to connect on without even seeing or touching each other or whatever if that makes sense maybe that yeah. that's in that realm as well totally like you were totally. saying yeah people being psychic or whatever they they can probably hear what the hell is going in your head going on in your head <laughs> and you know so, you're an aquarius right yeah See, Aquarius is is associated with psychicness as well. In fact, Aquarius is very much associated with astrology in and of itself because Mm -hmm. one of its rulers is Uranus and Uranus is said to be the god of the sky. But going back to Aquarius, being ruled by Uranus, Uranus, again, is is really said to rule our electrical body. The sign of Aquarius can tend to have weird like spasms, Mm. uh, unexplained or undiagnosable things because it's, it's like beyond the physical you know it, it's it's this electrical field that's going around us and there's a there's a place called heart math that's also in california fairly near where i live but they've yeah. actually they're the ones that are putting out all this proof that are showing you know it's coming from the heart this electrical field is yeah, is really coming from the heart and aquarius is opposite leo those two signs are opposite each other and so any two signs that are opposite each other the polarity between them is magnetic and it's so there's this the sign of aquarius and leo they function together it's coming from the heart and going out into the electrical body and because of that the motto for the sign of aquarius is i know yeah <laughs> because it, it gets these little legs oh i already knew that it's the sign of genius because of that Mm, wow. I feel really stupid now because I don't feel like a genius <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, man. Thank you for that. That's that good to hear that. I'm going to work on myself now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, right, so, that, yeah. All right, all right, we won't get into that yet, but we've got to talk about the houses thing a bit later on because, you know, that, it keeps popping up in my head, like, okay, what does that mean exactly? Um, but, um Someone asked about cancers. I believe it was, uh, yeah, Turbo Turbolicious. Cancer. Can you break down, you know, what, what are the tendencies for a cancer? Let me grab my yeah. popcorn. <laughs> cancer's my jam because can- my moon and Mars are in cancer. Plus, I've got a bunch of stuff in cancer's house, the fourth uh, house. Um, so cancer is another water sign. So all the water signs, cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, they're all associated with feelings and emotions. In astrology, water is, you know, all the water signs just tend to feel things very deeply and it can be a very emotional energy. And it's also another very intuitive sign because it's ruled by the moon Mm. and the moon up in the sky. She really has a huge influence on our emotions. I mean, that's why when we have a full moon, you know, there's 
a reason why the word lunatic exists because people can tend to get emotionally triggered when it's a full moon. I mean, even emergency rooms tend to be more busy when there's uh, a full moon going on. The moon has so much to do with how we're emotionally responding to things, but internally. And so that sign of cancer being ruled by the moon can be very emotional and again, can also be very intuitive, but also very sensitive. Um, in fact, the motto for the sign of cancer is I feel. This is the sign that can very much feel not only its own emotions, but be very receptive to other people's emotions. And, and it's a sign of definitely, you know, being very receptive. In fact, being ruled by the moon, there's also a key word to describe the sign of cancer is moody. The word mood comes from moon. Mm. And it's like being affected emotionally by that. But it's the cardinal water sign. So the cardinal signs, we talked about the mutable signs and how they're very adaptable. We talked about the fixed signs and how they tend to be a little more fixed and stable. The cardinal signs have force. These are the signs that change the seasons, really. So they come with this energy of force. The kind of sign of cancer can be very strong, even though it's a sensitive water sign. Uh, women or you know females who who are born under the sign of cancer can tend to be uh you know almost like motherly or nurturing because they're it's it's the moon the moon is the mother in western astrology can be very nurturing and receptive in that sense but then the men who are born under the sign of cancer can be very protective not to say that women can't but it, there's i love the uh, the cancerian men because they tend to want to protect their loved ones, their children, their family, their, their mm. siblings, that sort of thing. It's a very protective energy. Mm. Let's see. What else is there? Can we say about the sign of cancer? Did I miss anything, ma'am? Uh, you could maybe explain the Jupiter element of it, of the exaltation. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Jupiter exalts in the sign of cancer because Jupiter is that sign of compassion. I mean, Jupiter, not the sign, but Jupiter's influence is compassionate and loves uh, wisdom, philosophy. Jupiter is said to be like the, the protector of ancient wisdom. Mm. And so when uh, Jupiter is going to that sign of cancer, it exalts, it works with great strength. It, 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 it kind of brings not only that protective energy, but in such a beautiful way, a beneficial way. So does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's does that, that make large... sense to the listener? Let me know. Yeah, so um, Regantology said spot on, amazing. Um, so that was the uh, uh, Piscean, fellow Piscean in the chat room. Uh, who else did we have? Okay, so we just touched on the cancer right there. As in the star sign. <laughs> Yo, man. Um, can we talk about, all right, so can we have a look at the um, cell salts for... The uh, Pisceans and the Cancerians as well, just so they can, you know, people can go and look at right, more, yeah. so, what kind of foods so they should be eating. Pi so eat. our Pisces would need uh, ferrous phosphate. Do you want me to read the foods out as well? Yeah, there's only okay. a couple. Each one, it? yeah. So that, so the ones I've got written down for ferrous phosphate are spinach, hazelnuts rice, blueberries, tomatoes, and oats. Mm. They would also be deficient in potassium phosphate, which would be cucumbers, almonds, spinach, hazelnuts, avocado, kale, and lentils. 
And the last one would be sodium sulfate, which is leeks, spring onion, celery, oats, peppers, pumpkins, paprika, and lentils. So they're some of the things that you could eat to top up on those particular cell salts. Mm, see it right there, boy. This is so interesting, man. So many different aspects of your life that it can help with, you know, just understanding. And when you think about it, who you really are. This is understanding who you really... You're actually getting to find out what you're deficient in. You know what I mean? From all the way up there. What the... Like, <laughs> yeah, but another thing, Mice, we got to remember as well, although it is up there, it's also in you as well. Because, like, as without, so within, mm. as above, so below. Because we're all universes unto ourselves. So we're all separate universes with a heavens inside us and the seven chakras are our seven planets so we're built like a universe that's why we have 12 systems in the body and then we've got seven chakras so you have to kind of not separate the two but just see you as a fractal of the whole thing if that makes sense mm. yeah that's the, deep the synchronicity yeah yeah, 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 for real. And once you, I guess once you gather that as well, that's when things become a lot Yeah, that, that's that's when you actually start making the connections, when you start unifying things rather than separating things. Hence the word that we use so much, syncretism, to sync things together, to show how they're related and how, because like, for example, someone might ask, um, like, for example, the mottos of air, the motto of Aries is mm. I am, mm. right? And it rules the top part of the head. But people might say, so why does that connect with the head? Well, because the top part of your head distinguishes who you are. So that is why mm. it connects with I am. Do you get what I'm saying? And then mm. Taurus is I have. Well, that's your bottom heart, that's your mouth. So that's what you put inside, what material you have, what food you have. So do you get what I'm saying? Like What you have to say. Yeah, exactly, what you have to say. So again, when you look at it from like multidimensional, in a multidimensional way, you can see like the connections. Like for example, Gemini is an air sign, right? It's the twins. So it co corresponds with the lungs, which corresponds with the air and how we breathe. Mm -hmm. So it's all there. You just got to make the connections and understand how, like, see, the thing is, a lot of people say, oh, it's all airy-fairy, but it's actually very scientific. It's yeah. just that the thing is, astrology is explained in a bit of a philosophical way, yeah. which some people don't take serious. But, like, you've got to look beyond that because the reason why people explain things in a philosophical or occult way is because they're too deep to actually explain in normal words. So they use archetypes to kind of make it easier. Does that make sense? So that's why, for example, like, you could explain Aries without using a ram, but that animal explains or portrays that 30 degree segment of energy. So that's why they've picked the ram because a ram charges at you. It's, it's explosive. 
So that's why they've used the Rams and so forth for each one. Like Erin was talking about Leo. Yeah, it's obviously Leo is ruled by the sun. A lion is golden. It has a mane. It looks like the sun's rays. So do you get what I'm saying? They've yeah. picked particular animals or symbols to just explain that energy. That's what people have to kind of understand as well also. So it, they're just kind of, it's just like using something, using a symbol to explain a particular energy that can like encapsulate it all, if that makes sense. You wondered, was it like the people that sort of, you know, come up with this this sort of math, this science, did it happen, you know, at a period of time through, you know, just like a few people <laughs> throughout their life or was it like an ongoing thing and maybe they're, you know, they're kind of remembering what their past lives kind of experienced with all of these yeah. movements in the sky and then so on and so forth and then they start developing like you're saying they come up with the idea okay the ram the ram then also became the lamb because the lamb's springing into action around yeah. that time you know everything's being born again and everything and then they throw someone else throws a rabbit in there because they're like yeah you know the rabbits get busy during the spring seeing rabbits yeah but a rabbit is eggs. also a, a symbol of aries too Mm. like in that sense because like you said because even with you look at the etymology it has Ra in it R-A wow. which is the sun and the sun exalts in Aries so again you can connect it etymologically as well mm. jeez so that's what I'm saying like people look at things from like you have you can't just look at it from one perspective you've got to look at the language you've got to look at the symbols, it's like, it's very, like I said, you just got to, and once you like bring it all together, it just, it makes so much sense. And like, it's just like, you have aha moments in you and you think, oh, wow. It's like, it's just like a feeling that you get and you think, rah, this is like, when it's hit you, you uh, you know when something feels right because it hits you in a particular way, if yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just get that scratch, flat. It's like, yeah. slap, wake up, like, like you know, all your blood just starts. You wake up again, like, whoa, oh my days! You have to get up, go yeah. take a walk somewhere. <laughs> also, pick up a tea for, or something. for example, like, um, like looking at like the numbers, like in correlations, like with the signs, is another deeper way of understanding the meanings for example mm. like scorpio for example is mm. the eighth sign right yeah well the symbol of eight is forever going or it corresponds with transformation or death and rebirth the you get what i'm saying mm. so that is another element you could add to looking at understanding um the sign the numbers that are attached to them and which and, and like why that like for example yeah cancer is number four which is ruled by the moon leo is number five which is ruled by the sun you add them to four and five is nine it's perfect harmony the sun and the moon yin yang male female so there's so much mm. to it but like 
it just depends. Like, for example, Erin's explained it through, like, explaining, like, how can I say? She's explained it more through the birth chart and the planets and the signs and what they individually mean. But then, for example, like I'm explaining it from, like, right now, from an esoteric or a more occulted perspective. But they're both the same. We're, we're talking about the same thing, but just using different methods to explain the same thing. Mm. So Erin, having studied it, like, would you say that there are, because obviously you've gone a lot deeper into it before and after, but would you say that there are aspects of it that they leave out that would probably help like the average, you know, sort of student of all of this? Um, I don't know if I know exactly what you mean by that question, but I, I think what you mean is what I was going to say is that it, this stuff can sound super complicated. Mm. You know, it can sound very overwhelming, but in my honest opinion is that it is absolutely no harder to process this information than anything we learned in public school. Yeah, was. Yeah. In fact, especially if you just get your head wrapped around the basics of it, then everything else just starts to make sense. Everything is just like, oh, well, well, that makes sense now. Oh, my gosh. Wait, that makes even more sense. Oh, this is all making perfect sense. And what I love about astrology is that it's literally an infinite study. You know, my brain yeah, needs constant right. stimulation and it's there. It's endless how much you could be learning. Does that answer the question or do you want to it was to do with so say you you sorry which uh, you said you went to a university or college for medical um astrology was it or so there's a lot of different schools you can go to for astrology and some astrologers didn't even go to school yeah. i started with the uh, um american federation school of astrologers which i don't recommend yeah so that's what i was getting at what, what you know what were the problems with them then the only reason i, I mean Unless you want to be an astrologer, I would not recommend that school because, I mean, we were taught how to literally manually calculate a natal chart. You know, these days we have software where we can just put somebody's birth date, time and location and boom, the natal chart just pops up right before our very eyes. But then with the American Federation School of Astrologers, I mean, it sometimes would take 12 hours to hand calculate somebody's natal chart. And that was, I cried plenty of times, just so frustrated, all these little different numbers and trying to figure stuff out, um, which I, I'm glad I did it because I can say I did it. And if you talk to, you know, astrologers who are in their sixties or even, you know, seventies, they're like, I was around before we had computer software to do this stuff. I was around when we had to manually calculate things mm. and it made it forced us to learn the details of it, which again, I'm glad I did that. Um, but that stuff is very difficult. That's very, very difficult. Unless you just have a brain that, you know, functions like a computer. Um, but there's like the Academy for Astrological Medicine was a second school I attended, but that's more for medical astrology. But there's so many different you know, I think, what's that one school called? Oh my gosh, it's skipping my brain right now. Maybe it'll come back to me later. But there's so many different programs that you can get involved with or even just workshops to start to understand the basics. And honestly, if you start by just learning the signs, the basics of each sign, 
then the rest can become easier. I know you wanted to touch on the houses. Yeah, yeah. The houses are very much associated with the signs. It's like there's there's 12 houses in the Zodiac, just like there's 12 signs of the Zodiac. The first sign of the Zodiac is Aries. It's associated with the first house. Aries is the sign of self. The first house is the house of self. The difference is the sign of Aries is the it is the actual energy of it, but the house is the area of the life where things come through. I, I'm probably making things sound a little more complicated than what they really are. No, I'm going to put overall, it up on the screen. I'm going to put it up on the screen so people can have a look as well because it is quite, yeah, like you said, it can be a bit complicated, but once they see it, because it's like it's working around the same circle as the um, as the Zodiac signs as well. Um, yeah. It says you've yeah. got a host... Oh, I have to. Okay, hold on. Sorry, carry on. Talk amongst yourselves. And you know what? Real briefly, I realized we're talking about the sign of cancer. I don't know if that person is still in the chat. I didn't because we went on to talk about that. You know the. Oh yeah. What things are represented by, and I didn't mention how the sign of cancer is represented by the crab. That's a perfect analogy for it. The the crab that is very soft and squishy and sensitive on the inside, but wears this hard shell that can't be penetrated on the outside. That's the sign of cancer is so sensitive inside, but it's protective on the outside. And then if there's something scary going on, a, a crab can have a tendency to want to back away, go into its home, its shelter. So just want I realized as we were talking about things, I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't mention the what it was represented by. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to um, show them. More. Also, what I was going to add, just in relation to the houses, yeah, like on. what Erin was saying, for example, each house is related to each sign. But because the zodiac wheel is constantly turning, you can have any sign in any house. Yeah. So, for example, you can do Aries things. If you've got, if your Pisces rising, you'll do Aries things using a Pisces mind state. Or if you've got whatever ha- whatever mm. sign you've got in your first house, that's <laughs> the mind state you will use yeah. to do in that particular area of life. So like me, I'm a Leo rising. And then my second house, roughly, is Leo as well, depending on what house system you use. But yeah, um, then like my second house would be Virgo. And the second house is about your possessions and um your money and what you value so for me i would handle that area of life in a virgoan mind state because i have virgo in that part of the chart so i just wanted to add that erin can probably expound upon that but mm. yeah. i'm just going to quickly cut to to mice a minute so i can just get him into I'm no worries just change man. something in zoom quickly okay one second Yo, we are here so, right now Something you might not never know nothing about. Ah, I can say it now. Some shit you might not never know nothing about. It's after hours. Yo, we're here with Erin Wade and, of course, the beloved DVG, man, breaking it down. And I'm really, I'm glad, man. I'm seeing the chat room. Like, people are really into it and enjoying what they're hearing. And that's love right there, man, because obviously this thing, like we're talking about, it can seem quite complicated. And also quite like airy fairy to a lot of people, and I think yeah, that can be their temperament. It can be the way that you, you know you might not into be you know might not be that into um, the sort of mystic world and things that you can't really explain, you know. But at the same time, 
it's good to keep an open mind and it's good to see people, uh, the uncommon senses as always, man, keeping that open mind, enjoying this shit right here. Make sure. Can we just say big thanks to Turbo Tubalicious there for his um, 10. Oh, damn. He gave us 10 good boy points. Oh, thank you, bro, man. Yeah. Yes, man. Big up Turbo Tubalicious. Always love, man. And said, uh, he said, thanks for the summary. Life as a Cancerian is intense. For my peeps, though, you know, I always got you. Yeah, you see it there. Um, so you wanted to share your screen, Mice, yeah? Yeah, because okay. we're getting into this whole houses thing. Okay, there you go. You should be able to think, do it now. Yeah, it's really, it can be very confusing, man. All right, is that it? Yeah, I should go to that one. Bam. All right, see it there. So, all right, let's talk about these houses. How does this all work? What does it all mean? Because it's confusing. Okay, you, you look so... And you see, you know, all the signs it, around there, but then, yeah. Those those are the houses. What what we're looking at here is, is what would kind of look, what a natal chart would look like. And each one of those things that looks like a slice of pie are called the houses. Now you can see where there's a, a, where they're numbered. There's a one, and two, three, four, five. It goes all the way to twelve, right? Mm-hmm. So that's basically okay. If we were to take, um, you know, let's say that's that's the the sky. Okay, let's. How should I describe this? Let's say somebody is born under the sign of. Let's go with Leo. Okay. So somebody's a Leo, which again, we talked about that. Leo's the sign of I will. That's the courageous and playful lion. Okay. Um, but when they were born, the sun, like basically the line that goes um, horizontally, that, you know, kind of goes, yeah, 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 exactly. That's the horizontal line. That would represent the horizon. Okay. And that's why that that little number one it starts right there it starts at the horizon uh, the sun oh boy i hope i'm not confusing people here but just no, hope no, some no. people will be able to follow along probably some people won't just the rewind sun, it and you know play it like slower like point two <laughs> yeah okay point well the, the sun the sun rises in the first house and it sets between the seventh and the sixth house so if somebody's born during the daytime say they're born at noon then their sun is going to come through that 10th house that right there. That's the top of the chart. That's above the horizon. So their sun and Leo would come through that 10th slice of pie up there. That 10th house represents career status. Like you can read the words right there, reputation, social status, career, purpose. So they already got the Leo strength of courageous, you know, playful energy, but it's coming through the area of their life that rules over their career. A lot of people, there are things that can kind of counteract this, but for the most part, a lot of people who are born, no matter what sign it's in, even if it's in the sign of Pisces, which again, Pisces is not associated with career at all. But if somebody's son is in Pisces and they were born around noon, so their son is coming through that 10th house, that house of career, they tend to be more career driven than the average person. Okay, let's take the opposite of that. Let's go back to that sign of Leo and say they're born with their son in the fourth house. 
Okay, go to the fourth house down there. So we can see that fourth house represents home, family, personal foundation. Okay, that's an introverted. In fact, when people are born with a whole bunch of celestial bodies above the horizon, they tend to be much more extroverted mm. versus when people are born with a whole bunch of celestial bodies below the horizon, they tend to be more introverted, okay? But especially in that fourth house, even if somebody is a Leo, let's say, you know, that maybe they want to be uh, a housewife, they want to be at home with their children, that sort of thing, mm. but they're playful and courageous and fun about it. Mm. Is this making sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's or sense, going back to the sign of cancer. Okay, let's say uh, their son is in cancer, which again is like this protective, receptive, sensitive, emotional energy. Mm. Uh, let's say they were born around, let's say, 10 a.m. Then their son might land in the 11th house. Okay, then there's still that cancerian, protective, receptive, sensitive energy, but their life, like the area of their life that they thrive in, tends to be about community and friends and teamwork. And they might be super protective of their friends and their community. So is that, does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes a lot of sense, man. Right. So that's where, okay. Yeah. Because I, I was going to say, looking at it like that as well. Um, mice. Mm. Can you hear me? Yeah. I was going to say, you know what, how you would understand it better mm. if you let Erin share her screen mm -hmm. and then she could get like a chart up and then she could go hour by hour oh, and show can. you how the sun goes through the different houses at different times of the day. Because, for example, yeah, like just say you're born on November the 19th and I am as well, yeah? We'd both be a Scorpio, but depending on what time we're born, we'd be in total different houses. So we're going to express ourselves wow. through two total separate areas of life, although we're born on the same day. Because this, the wheel is constantly moving. Wow. But what I'm saying is, if you if you if you let Erin share her screen, yeah, she yeah, brings yeah. up a chart. Right, I'll stop sharing. You can that, show yeah. you that live, and you can get more of an understand or. Me or whoever, but I think Erin's got better wow. software than mine, so you should, you should be able to share now. Yeah. All right, let's do that. So the, the wait, so it's happening throughout the day. Yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, because uh, she's going to show you now. All right. Okay, so what we're looking at right now is uh, a snapshot of the sky uh, where I am right now in California. So this line that goes across here. That's the horizon, okay? Mm. Now, right now in California, it's it's 3.14 p.m. Here's the sun right here. It's in the eighth house. In fact, I should have put this. Mm, well, hopefully you guys will be able to follow. Let me, let me go back to where I'm going to go back to this morning where the sun was rising. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then you can show them how it, the wheel yeah. turns. Mm. And then yeah. you, the different signs are in different houses. But yeah. Okay, now, and, and just follow along as best as you can. It's these houses, you can see these slices of pie. They're not all the same size because what I'm looking at here is a house system called Placidus. Now, don't let anybody get felt, please don't feel intimidated, but there are several different types of house systems that you can work with. Oh. Um, 
and that's a little more for the advanced people but it it doesn't it doesn't matter that's still this is still right here is always going to be the first house you can see a little number one right there this is always going to be the second house the second house is right there two three four and it's always going to have 12 houses Okay, now, and they still mean the same thing. They're just, I'm using a different, slightly different house system here. But here's the sun. I'm looking at where I live at 614 this morning, okay? Now, here's the sun right here. It And here's this little symbol for Aquarius. Maybe I can make this a little bigger. No, darn, I can't zoom in. Okay, here's the symbol for Aquarius because the sun today, everybody on earth, we're all experiencing the sun at 26 degrees Aquarius. There's that 26. There's the little symbol for degrees and 37 minutes. That's what those little numbers are. Okay, now, uh, so for everybody on earth, the sun today is at 26 degrees Aquarius. And this morning at 614 in the morning, the sun was right here. Again, this is the horizon. This is where the sun rises. So if I move forward, let's just move forward 10 minutes at a time. Okay, now we see the sun rising. It's still going to stay at 26 degrees Aquarius. That number is going to stay the same. It's going to stay at 26 degrees Aquarius all the way until tomorrow. But it's still going to move. And in fact, you can even watch the whole zodiac moves. Okay. The entire, the, this little, where it's dark purple right here, whatever you want to call that color indigo, um, that is going to move this direction. Everything is going to go this direction. Okay. So here's the sun. Now it's 644. Okay. Okay. Now it's 654. The sun is just about to rise. Okay. So 10 minutes later, there it is 704 AM. The sun just went above the horizon. The sun's rising. Okay. So generally speaking, people who are born in the morning time, like shortly after the sun rises, their sun is going to be in the 12th house right here. And the 12th house rules over karma. It's a mystical house. It's a spiritual house. It's okay. Pisces is the 12th sign of the Zodiac. All those things that we talked about, that sign of Pisces kind of being dreamy and unearthly. We can apply that same energy to the 12th house because Pisces is the 12th sign of the Zodiac. But the sun is not in Pisces. The sun is still in Aquarius at 26 degrees. But the area of the life, if somebody was born right at this time, they would be very Aquarian, mm. but their their life might be a little more mystical, a little more dreamy. They might have a, a much more of an emotional life than somebody who's an Aquarius who was born at 6 p.m. because the, the sun is going to be in a different area of the chart. Mm. Is this making sense so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it's... Okay. So then let's, we'll just keep moving forward 10 minutes at a time. Okay. The sun's it's rising. It's rising. It's rising. Okay. Now, eventually we're going to get into now the sun's in the 11th house. Okay. So that's around 9am. The sun moved into the 11th house. That 11th house is the house of networking with others, the house of, of associates and, and hopes and wishes, the house of, of groups. Okay. Just like the sign of Aquarius is the 11th sign of the Zodiac and the sign of Aquarius is associated with groups, uh, associated with friendships and networking and that sort of thing. So this person is going to be extra Aquarian because their sun is in Aquarius 
and their son comes through basically Aquarius's house. Mm. Now, if we move forward <laughs> even weird. further, we're going to keep moving, keep moving. And as that's you can see, weird. the sun is still at 26 degrees Aquarius. Yeah. That's not changing, but the sun's rising. And look at that. Now it is, well, it's almost 11 a.m., but the sun's up, up here. Now it's in the 10th house. Okay. Um, and this kind of changes depending on what time of the year we're talking about. Sometimes, you know, obviously the sun rises at, it'll in December, the sun will sometimes rise at eight o'clock in the morning. And then in uh, March, the sun will rise at six o'clock in the morning. So there's some flexibility here. Mm. But for the most part, hopefully people are able to follow along with what I'm saying here. Now we've got the sun in the 10th house, which is the house of career and public life. So now we've got somebody who's an Aquarius but they're going to thrive in an area that they get the recognition. They're career driven. Now, again, there's are things that can counteract this stuff. That's I don't want to throw too much information at people and you know make their brains explode. But hopefully they're able to follow along here. Now we move forward 10 minutes more. Keep going 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Okay, now the sun is starting to set. Now the sun is in the eight, uh, ninth house, okay? The ninth house is, is this house of higher learning and advanced knowledge. It's the area that rules over things like philosophy and wisdom. People who are born, doesn't matter what sign it is, when they're born with their son in the ninth house, ninth house, they tend to be driven to things that are going to expand their consciousness. They sometimes will want to be involved into going to a, a university or being a professor, things that, you know, are more or sometimes even a little more uh, interested in philosophy and that type of thing. Now, if we kept moving forward, boom, 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 going 10, 10 minutes at a time here. Now, all of a sudden, the sun's in the eighth house and the eighth house is the house of death and rebirth. It's the house of transformation. Now, again, applying to this zodiac signs, Scorpio is the eighth sign of the zodiac. So, and Scorpio is the sign of death and rebirth. The sign as Scorpio is also another very psychic energy. The eighth house can be applied to psychic energies. Mm. So when somebody's born, again, doesn't matter what sign, of course, it's going to modify things, but that, that's the area of their life. A lot of times when people are born with their son in the eighth house, they'll have to go through some sort of a deep and sometimes very painful transformational process. Sometimes they have to experience the, the the death of a loved one from a young age, or sometimes it'll be something along the lines of they they uh, had to go through a major drug addiction. They had to go through a death and rebirth process of you know um, kind of being exposed to the darkness wow. and then having to rise above it. That sort of thing. Mm. Okay, then we keep moving forward, and the sun moves in to the seventh house. The seventh house, this is the house of relationships and partnerships and uh, not necessarily only romantic relationships. A lot of times it can be. Uh, sometimes it can be applied to just consulting with people. Somebody who's born with their son in the seventh house um, can have this tendency to either take clients for their profession or sometimes their whole life revolves almost sometimes even like a codependent relationship because the, the whole life is about relationships. Um, and that's the seventh sign of the Zodiac associated with the seventh. This is the seventh house of the Zodiac associated with the seventh sign, which is the sign of Libra, which is the sign of partnerships and relationships. 
Okay, now, and again, this could be in the sign of Scorpio. It could be in the sign of Aries. It could be in the sign of whatever it is, but they're going to have the qualities or the tendencies of that zodiac sign. But the area of their life that it comes through is going to be applied to the seventh house. Ah, the area of the life that it comes through. Yeah. Yep. You want me to keep going through the rest of them? Yeah, if you like. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We got time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're all set. So now this is where it gets interesting because now with this, we watched the sun rise and now the sun's setting. So we're looking at four, uh, basically 4.30 p.m. Right. Now the sun is going down, going down, going down. And we're in February, so the sun sets a little early. It's 5.45 p.m. when the sun sets. Once it gets below that line, it's below the horizon. Okay, now this this uh sixth house this is the house of health and being of service physical health okay so a lot of people this can manifest in all sorts of different ways sometimes when people are born with their son in this sixth house the house of health and being of service sometimes their whole life is about being a nurse or or being a mechanic or some sort of service position being a, a bartender but a lot of times it can also be that they're very much their life they thrive in things that involve physical health okay virgo is the sixth sign of the zodiac it's the sign of health and being of service so it's associated with the sixth house even though the sun is still in aquarius and actually now the sun has moved into 27 degrees aquarius but that's okay we just moved one degree because it's later on in the day but this is still in the sign of aquarius they're going to have aquarius qualities but they come through the area of their life that's kind of related to the sign of Virgo, the sign of health and being of service. Mm. And now not only that, but now these energies are starting to get a little more introverted because now we're talking about night births. When somebody is born at night after the sun has gone under the horizon, that means they're going to be born with the sun down here. And very often, even doesn't even have to be in the fourth house, which is the house of home. Very often, if somebody's got a whole bunch of planets or celestial bodies down here under the horizon, they tend to be a little more introverted Mm. versus when somebody's born with everything up here, they tend to be much more extroverted. Okay. So now we're in the fifth house, which is actually the house of children and creativity. A lot of people who are born like this right here, this is showing we've got Pluto, Mercury, the sun and Saturn Mm. in the fifth house. These aren't necessarily, I'm kind of throwing things a little far-fetched here um but when somebody's born with this much uh energy coming through the fifth house a lot of times they'll end up having a lot of children or they just have a life of creating things because the fifth house is the house of children and creativity giving birth uh, house, like, yeah. does that make sense so far yeah giving birth to creation you know that's yes. creation is giving birth to something so it makes sense exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Then Six we're going to keep moving forward. And I'm going to also say this, okay. I don't want to throw anybody off too hard, but I have to say it because so, when you get into the nitty gritty, let's say you're, you're really starting to understand astrology and you start talking about this stuff, the real professional astrologers may kind of give you a little bit of shit. If, if you're saying that the houses and the signs are exactly the same, yeah, because they're, you know, they're going to be like, wow, that's because there are little differences, but overall, this is the quickest and easiest way to learn and learn the tiny little mute minute differences later on as you go along. Okay. So now the sun is down here in the fourth house. We kind of talked about this. this is the house of home. We talked about that sign of cancer, the sign of cancer 
is by nature a little introverted. It's the crab that wants to go and hide if there's something scary going on, um, but it's sensitive, it's emotional, it's nurturing, it's receptive. That's the same thing that we can apply to this fourth house. Cancer, the fourth sign of zodiac associated with the fourth house. A lot of people that have their son in the fourth house. Okay, this chart that we're looking at here, if somebody were to say, okay, so what, and I, oh God, I, I, I really, I could help somebody like this find a career. I really, really could. Mm. But what we see is that most of the energies down here, we have nothing in the house of career. Okay. Mm. Um, the, this person might tend to be a little bit more about being of service, uh, working a service job rather than some crazy successful career with an empty 10th house. Mm. They've also got it. We'll get to the second house. This is the house of money. Okay. So this person might not have a life that's uh, filled with all kinds of recognition and status with a successful career because their 10th house is empty and they, the, the house that represents the money is, is a little, you know, a little weak too, mm. but they've got stuff to support this area that rules over being of service. Okay. Um, and I could go into a lot more detail on that. I, I really could, like, like I said, a, this is a lot of clients come to me and say, you know, I, I have an empty 10th house. What do I do for a career? There's ways to work around that. There really is. But this person might want to be a homebody. This person might even want to just work from home because they don't like being out. They're not extroverted. Okay. Now the third house, if we move a little bit further along here, the third house, this is the house of communication, sharing information. It's very much associated with siblings and, and uh, anything. It's like young childhood type of energy, but it can also have, because siblings are usually the first people that we're communicating with. Mm. And so that third house can have a lot to do with that. It can also have a lot to do with things like authoring a book. Gemini is the third sign of the Zodiac. Gemini is the sign of communication. The third house is Mercury, the house of right? communication. Yeah. Yeah, so the, somebody's got the th son in the third house. They may have a tendency to have really nice writing skills, especially in the, the sign of Aquarius. Again, it's the genius. It can be really good. This person, um, because they're born with Sun and Saturn and Mercury and Pluto all in this third house, this person might author a book. Okay, and then we move forward to the second house. Now, this person, uh, this is this house of money possessions and values and also food can be associated with this second house as well but this person i mean uh again i don't want to overwhelm anybody this person but i see this person as thriving to have financial success they they want a lot of money because their son's in this second house but this specific person, if they were born at this time, might actually struggle with that because Saturn's right there wouldn't really support it. Pluto's right here, which might make it very turbulent. But overall, they might want financial success. Like that's what they thrive for. Some people who are born, especially people who are born with their son in this second house, house of money, and say Jupiter or, or Venus or something that's going to bring benefits is in their 10th house. If they've got a 10th house that's full of stuff, the second house is full of stuff, they tend to be financially successful through some type of career. Mm. Okay. And then moving forward, the first house, this is the house of self. The people, this person right here, if they were born with all this stuff in the first house, the, their life is about themselves. Sometimes these people who are born with this much energy in the first house can come off as a little self-centered. 
They're they're more concerned about themselves than they are other people. Now there's that can again there's flexibility there because if it's in the sign of Cancer, if somebody's born under the sign of Cancer, but their son comes still through the first house, the house of self, they're still going to have those Cancerian energies where they're they're going to by nature care about other people and and want to you know support other people, especially emotionally, but. They they might be a little more self driven than the average person who's got their son in cancer. Mm-mm. So what you've just had, mice, there is Oh, hold on. It's muted or something like that. Same. No, it's back now. It's because I've, I've switched to a different screen and it's suddenly, yeah, okay, hold on. I, yeah, we're back. Apologies for that. Uh, uh, I don't think we lost too much. I think if we just, if we back? Yeah. Let's just make sure we're back. Uh, one, two, one, two. Let's see some flames if you lot can hear us now. Oh, no, did they not hear anything I just said? Probably about 30 seconds. Yeah, so what was it? Because that was quite important, what you were saying there. Now, what I was saying, Mice, is basically... I'll just recap broke, what I broke said broke down as a um, whole. Yeah. Basically, Erin just broke down how 12 different people with the same birthday, but because of the sun's constantly moving through the houses, which mm. are different areas of life, they will all be different. You get what I'm saying? And she, I was saying she didn't even touch up on, you see, the blue and red lines, which are the aspects and all that type of stuff. You've got to take that into consideration as well and what that means in relation to, like, each planet and how that will affect you. So, like, it's very arrogant and ignorant of people to say, oh, it's, it's all bullshit because if everyone was a Scorpio, they'd all be the same. Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, that's a very, like... Un, uninformed and uneducated comment to make and i would say that would be like me saying that the chinese language is bullshit because i don't understand it mm, Do you get what i'm saying yeah. whereas millions of people do but just because you don't it doesn't mean it's wrong mm. so that's the same with astrology it's a language it's understanding how it works and it's also understanding nature and the mechanics of nature and how the sun works and where it how it rises and how it sets and different points of the day cause different angles and the angles cause all the aspects which are the blue and red lines and what I'm saying is it's like 
it's some intricate stuff and you just got to take for you to understand it you 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 need to put the work in ultimately otherwise you'll never understand it yeah and uh, i think that's what you know like you were saying the, the that point of view it's a it's basically a newspaper paragraph point of view newspaper horoscope paragraph point of view of looking at it and it makes sense as to why that's the most accessible way to find out your horoscope do you know what i mean yeah, I mean, like, there could be some, like, general truths to newspaper yeah. um, astrology. Like, for example, yeah, like, in the last two years, anyone who has Scorpio placements has been going through a tough time mm. because we know that Saturn was in Aquarius, which squares Scorpio, Scorpio. A square is a harsh aspect. Mm. And because Saturn is in school um will be in aquarius for two years or three years anything squaring aquarius any sign squaring aquarius will then have like a tough time so you can make general kind of mm. statements like that but again because everyone's chart is so unique yeah so for example right there's a scorpio who has the sun in their fourth house and there's a Scorpio who has a sun in the seventh house. I'm just ran any random like so so the Scorpio with the sun in his fourth house who's getting that square from Aquarius will be um suffering harsh times through their family and through their home life. Whereas the Scorpio who's got the sun in his seventh house will be suffering in partnerships and relationships. So again, they yeah, they both might be suffering, yeah. but it will be in two different areas of life as well, depending on which sun their house is in. So again, on one side you said family, on the other side you said relationships. So it still, in a sense, kind of works as well, isn't it? What do you mean? Like, was that right, or did I hear that wrong? Well, what I'm saying is, depending on where you're what sun your house is in mm. for example like like i said just say my son was in the fourth house yeah like erin showed the fourth house is to do with the home yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you might have issues in that area of life mm -hmm. but a scorpio who has their son in the seventh house might have which is about relationships will have issues in relation to that mm. So what I'm saying is, or the or whatever house it's in, mm -hmm. whether it's the third, the second house about money, or the sixth house about health, it just all depends on the house and where the sun is, and on where it will affect you directly. Mm -hmm. So all Scorpios may be affected in the last two years because Aquarius has been squaring Scorpio. But depending on where your Scorpio is in your personal chart, mm. it will affect all of us differently because it's all in different areas of life. Yeah, I've got another chart that I could uh, make maybe show a little clarity on what Mem is talking about. You want me to yeah. do that real quick? Yeah, it won't yeah, take yeah, too long. sure. Okay. Yeah, and right. I, I think it's important as well for people to know that, like, it's um, you know, it's as much as it. Yeah, it might be a lot to take in, but you can. Like uh, I think Aaron touched on earlier, the more you start learning about yourself, you know, you learn about your chart, your, your star sign, rather, and yeah. then you move on and on and on. You start to get an understanding of the whole, 
you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Speak. Especially if you just start with your own chart. And I also should mention this. You do need to know at least approximately what time you were born and able to, to be able to find out what house your son comes through. And if you don't know what time you were born, there are ways to find out approximately. You can do things like muscle testing. If you work with the same astrologer or she's really or he is a really good astrologer, they can sometimes help you figure out what time you were born based on experiences that you've had in your life and when they occurred, that sort of thing. But so what I've pulled up here is nobody's natal chart. I would never show anybody's natal chart unless they wanted me to. This is just a made up chart. Okay, so this person, this made up person, here's their son that when they were born, this would be a snapshot of them being born in San Francisco, California, April 4th and on 2020. They would have, here's their son, here's the symbol for the sun, here's the symbol for Aries. Okay, so they would be born at 15 degrees Aries. So they have all these Aries qualities. They're, they're Aries, again, especially since the sun is by itself. And what I mean by that is there's no other planets or celestial bodies that are right next to the sun. Okay. Cause that really changes things. A lot of people will be like, Oh, well I'm an Aries, but I'm nothing like your average Aries. Well, it's probably because either the sun, uh, Neptune or Saturn, something was right next to the sun when you were born that completely changes the energy. It's, it's called a conjunction. And it means that the energies are blending together. Okay, but this person was born with the sun basically standing by itself right here at 15 degrees Aries. So they're going to have that aggressive, you know, like Aries again. It's ruled by Mars. Mars rules our drive, our physical drive. They yeah. could sometimes be an athlete, and and the life can feel like I'm driven to do this. I am ambitious. I'm strong. I want to exercise, that sort of thing. Mm. But their son is in the seventh house, which is the house of relationships and partnerships. So this person, it could manifest a couple different ways. Often, even though they're an Aries, meaning the sign of self, everything in their life, it, it, it has to do with they, they're either in a long, long, long-term relationship or sometimes they have a whole bunch of relationships and can never seem to stabilize it or, or, that relationships and relationships and partnership energy can manifest as this person uh, takes clients. They they people consult with them because that seventh house can also have a lot to do with that kind of partnership. As long as it's a one on one relationship kind of energy, mm. that is the area of your life that you're gonna a lot of the your whole soul is gonna manifest through. Mm. And then something else I wanted to point out is that. Wherever the sun, we showed how the sun rises right here. If this right here is to represent the horizon. Okay. And I, I'm just trying to make things as simple as possible. Mm. But wherever the horizon was when you were born is going to be your persona. Some people have heard of the rising sign, sometimes called the ascendant. The sun rules the person's soul. That's their inner being and their sense of identity versus the rising sign with their ascendant. That's their outward expression. That's how they project their, their energy out into the, the public. Okay. Mm. And so when somebody's in Aries over here with their sun in the seventh house, whatever's opposite Aries is going to be their rising sign. So this person's a Libra rising Libra's opposite Aries. 
Libra is the sign of partnerships and relationships. It makes them even more about relationships and partnerships. A lot of times Libra can have to do with beauty and uh, things like um, art or something like that. But that, that relationship and beauty kind of shines through their persona. And that it's, it's like, there's, there's really, then he was talking about the lines that go through the middle of the chart, the aspects, that's what these are. That's what these lines are that go through the middle of the chart. They're, they're called aspects. What they really are is basically connections that were being made between celestial bodies when somebody was born. I'm trying to think of the perfect example of one here. Okay. So Here's Venus when this person was born. Venus rules over what we're attracted to, what we love. Uh, It has a lot to do, again, with beauty because Venus rules Libra. All those things I talked about, Libra, can also be applied to Venus because Venus influences that out of Libra. Venus influences relationships and partnerships. Okay, so here's Venus up here. There's this blue line that's going from here to hear this just this one blue i mean there's a lot of blue lines but we're just going to focus on this one right here Mm. this blue line let's see it's mostly connecting to saturn it's supposed to be connecting to saturn right here which basically means saturn and venus were having a conversation at the time of this person's birth and what that uh, saturn constricts Saturn is the, he's the one that brings like calcification and slows things down. He teaches us harsh responsibilities. They're actually harmonizing together. So this person might have what they're attracted to their Venus sign. Okay. They're attracted to Gemini energy. Here's a symbol for Gemini. They're attracted to Gemini energy, but it's, it's a little, um, how should I explain this? It's almost like it becomes more serious. This Venus energy becomes a little more serious because she was having that connection with Saturn at the time of this birth. Um, And all these aspects, all these lines going through the middle of the chart, they are all calculated through geometry. As I was talking about earlier, how we had to learn how to manually calculate a natal chart, you know, with a calculator, writing things out with a pencil. This is all the stuff that we have to calculate. These blue lines are approximately... 120 degree angle these red lines these oppositions that go across like this are approximately 180 degree angle these green lines these are approximately a a 60 degree angle and they all mean different things it's all going through the sine wave and creating a different type of connection so just to really put some you know emphasis on what mem was saying about how just because somebody's born at 15 degrees Aries and, 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 you know, five other people, 10 other, hundred other people are born at 15 degrees Aries. They're going to have completely different lives based on the rest of the chart here. And then also going back to what Mem was saying. Okay. He was talking about where Scorpio is in the natal chart. Okay. This person, Scorpio was a good sign to start with there. This person, here's the symbol for the sign of Scorpio. This person has Scorpio in their second house. That's the house of money, possessions, and values. Okay, this person may not be super financially successful. There's a lot more to the chart than that. They've actually got some things that could support financial success. But if we're just focusing on the second house, the house of money, 
Scorpio is coming through that they might not thrive or maybe they're not even like attached to making a bunch of money because they weren't born with anything in this house. Mm. But that Scorpio energy, that's where it manifests. It manifests in that area of their life. Okay, Scorpio is the sign of power. It's a, it's uh it's, it has a lot to do with control. Okay, so they might um might not want wanting other people to touch their stuff. Like this is mine. This because money, possessions, and values. This is mine. I paid for it with my own money. And the Scorpio energy says no. Like this is I I have power over this. Mm. Okay, so that Scorpio mm, energy comes Scorpio through energy. now. <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up something called transits. I'm going to pull up what's going on right now. Now, hopefully everybody got kind of a good look of what that chart looked like. Let's just go back one more time. If we're looking at this second house where Scorpio energy comes through, there's no planets. There's no celestial bodies in there. Mm. And if I pull up what's going on in the sky right now. Okay. This inner wheel right here is the exact same thing that we were just looking at. See, here's that. It's still this Scorpio energy that's coming through the second house, oh, yeah. the house of money, possessions, and values. There's nothing in there because that's their natal chart. This inner wheel, is ex it's their natal chart. This outer wheel is where the things that are up in the sky, this is where the celestial bodies that are up in the sky, this is where they are right now, today, in accordance to this person's natal chart. As we looked at the chart earlier today, right. the sun is at 27 degrees Aquarius. There it is. There's mm. a sun at 27 degrees Aquarius for everybody on earth. Mm. But what's going on in the sign of Scorpio today for everybody on earth, everybody on earth, we're all experiencing this right here is the South node, which I kind of described earlier. This is a drain point. This is where energy goes out. Okay. This is, a leak in celestial energy. That's what the South node represents for everybody on earth. Right. The drain point, the South node is going to the sign of Scorpio. This person might all of a sudden, like their money's gone. They, they might've had, you know, uh, maybe they had a huge bill come through or, or something like um, maybe, you know, all of a sudden they, they lost their job, something where they lost money because that Scorpio energy is coming through the South node up in the sky. It's going through the sign of Scorpio is going through their house of money, possessions and values. But let's say somebody else Scorpio's up here in their 10th house. That means the South node that's up in the sky is going through their 10th house. They lost their career that all of a sudden they, they, mm. that because the drain point is going through their 10th house, or maybe for some people of Scorpio's, in their seventh house and the south node is up in the sky and going through their seventh house they lost their lover they're, they lost their relationship jeez right so that makes sense how to how people that can be born at the same time can still have different aspects different things going on in their life yeah totally yeah, totally yeah, 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 yeah. okay okay Wow. The time of birth is yeah, the time down. of birth is so so so. I mean, if you don't know what time you were born, I I I, I hope you can find it out. So, I mean, whoever I'm talking to the audience, yeah, it's it's so incredibly beneficial to know <clears throat> approximately what time you were born because then you can see what area of your life is being affected by things. And it just so happens that um, in most places, most places around the world, uh, they don't actually let you know what time you were born. Mm -hmm. You know. 
Yeah. It's a secret. But there are ways yeah. to find out, though. Boy, that was deep, man. Something you might not never know nothing about right there, man. Erin Wade putting it down. <laughs> hey, that was serious, man. That was serious. <laughs> Mem, love as always, man. Yeah, respect, brother. Thanks for having us on. It's always a pleasure yeah. to be on and share our ideas as best as we can. I know, like, sometimes, like Erin says, like, Jeez. to the initial listener, they might that's be deep. thinking, what the hell? But that's like with anything, when you learn something from the start, it feels a bit confusing. But it's just like, if you really want to learn it, you can. Do you get what I'm saying? No, honestly, today, what you two just did, like, for real, that, that having that talk there, I've understood it a lot more than I did before. You know, like there's things that yeah. just really connected a bit more. Like, what? Oh, right. That's why. Because there are a lot of things, like you said, there are a lot of things that are quite confusing with it. You think you kind of get it, but then all of a sudden, okay, what is it? All right. And the notes yeah. thing really makes a lot of sense as well. So, yeah, man, yeah. I really appreciate that, man. Please, oh, yeah, let us know how we can get hold of you lot as well, please. Let the people know. Uh, for me, I just I have a website, erinwageastrology.com. Um, you can schedule readings straight through my website. You can also find me on, on Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel. Just go to any social media platform and type in Erin Wage and you know, I'm probably pop up. I'm most I'm most active on Instagram and YouTube though. Okay. Uh, but then if you want to get in touch, then my website's the best way. Oh, that's love, man. Thanks so much for coming through. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Long time coming as well. Interesting stuff. <laughs> hey. You learned do you, you. do you feel like you learned a lot more, D? Yeah. 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 I've learned a lot more about it, yeah. yeah. And the chat's re- they I mean it's been just like going chat. all all night. Everyone's been yeah. really enjoying it. So chat yeah, room has been insane, man. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah okay. man, definitely. Yeah, oh, so much more as well. That uh, there you know. is. I think everyone wanted to hear about the um, the medical astrology stuff. So maybe another time. Yeah, yeah let's do that another time. Yeah. I'd love to go into depth on that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. man. Definitely. Thanks for that, Erin. Really appreciate that. And that's Imagine or Sell on uh, Instagram as well, my beloveds. Make sure you yeah. hit her up. Of course, MDVG, Conscious Minds TV. As always, yep. man. Yeah, Conscious Minds TV, or you can also get at me on Instagram at MEMDVG as well. For real. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, because obviously, like me and you, Mice, we're, when we've done a lot of shows on astrology, but mm. what's so good about astrology is that everyone's got their own way and mm. technique and ways of explaining it. Like I said, like, a lot of my way of explaining it is a lot more philosophical and like kind of I explain it a lot with how it connects with religions and stuff mm. like that. Although I do know how to read charts and yeah, of course. do all that side of it. Erin is more kind of experienced in that side of it. So do you get what I mean? Like we've all got our own ways of teaching and showing how astrology works and explaining it and it's just yeah it's just like we mentioned earlier it's, it's good to look at all aspects whether it's like the esoteric side of it or just looking at the chart and then looking at what the signs mean and why they use particular animals or like i was saying you can concentrate 
on the number of the sign is and it can add meaning like you like there's many many layers to it it just depends what like because there's there's people for example mice that know like astrology and what all the signs mean and all this and that but you show them a chart they don't have a clue mm. so they, they just understand it more from a philosophical perspective do you get what I'm saying? Whereas, and then there's people that don't understand the philosophical and just understand it more from a like bit more of a scientific perspective and showing you the mechanics of it and all that. But ultimately, I would say the best way to learn it is to sync two together and incorporate them both and learn it from a physical and a spiritual aspect then you get a total understanding of it. Yeah, that's that synchronicity you were saying earlier, right? Yep. Beautiful, man. So to end it off, why this was the other thing as well that they I feel like they do to throw us off. Why do they call it a horoscope? Because I never hear any astrologers talk to, saying, I'm going to tell you your horoscope. They say, I need to read your birth chart. So has horoscope got some... Um, is there some etymology to that? That's like, yeah. you know... My simple one would be Horace, the sun. Hmm. Horoscope. Hmm. It's the scope of Horace. That's what I would say, like, etymologically. Okay. I don't know if Erin wants, wants to add to that. No, it I think that like was... Horoscope, uh, isn't it? But yeah, totally yeah, perfect. I think that, it, yeah, I was, I was going to say something along those lines, and if anything... Maybe something to do with the horizon. Yeah, exactly. Mm, horizon. Yeah. Ah, horizon. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And hours, Horus and hours are oh. anagrams of each other. Mm. So oh. the horoscope is hour what scope. hour you're born at as well. Like there's so many ways, again, you can break yeah. down that word. Jeez, the hours yeah, scope. So, yeah, for real. All right, that's it there, man. Shit, you might not never know nothing about, mother lovers. That's right. You heard it right there. Erin Wage, Mem DVG. Thank you. Thank you, yeah, thank thank you. you lot I'm for, for so coming. I'm so glad. It was so cool to have Mem on, both of us on here. Mem's yeah, like, yeah, it's great. Ah, that, was, that was love right there, man. We definitely yeah. got to do it again and talk about the medical side because I think, you know, like I always say to people, that's the most important thing, man, your health. Without your health, you ain't got nothing else, man. Yep. So, you know, remember. Yes, thank you for coming through. All right. Thanks, thank you very guys. much. Thank you. Until next time. Yes, Until next time. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that was deep right there, man. Oh, Erin's gone. She didn't realize. I think she just. Oh, she gone. We're signing off. Yeah, we've got to sign off. But before we go, we got to give a shout out, first of all, to Canisters UK, of course. People should know by now. If you're going to get your CBD um, products, the best place to get them is cannasersuk.com. Um, shout out to all the crew that know what we're talking about, man. These, You know, there's levels to all of this. The products are right there for your taking, man. If you want to get yourself a good sleep, you know, ease yourself of some pain, whatever's going, whatever you're going through in your life, CBD can really help with that. Um, and... Yeah, here it is. So you can get yourself sprays. You can get yourself CBD bombs. You can get yourself chocolates. 
Of course, I can't miss out the chocolate stirrers, man. If you ain't tried them, nah, bruv, you, you're missing out. You're missing out. You can get Indica or you can get Sativa or you can get the full spectrum. You know what I mean? It's up to you, but I'm telling you, it's worth your while. And when you get to the checkout, make sure. Oh, we're on mem. Oh, yeah. When you get to the checkout, you just make sure you type in. Right, make sure. Yeah, make sure when you get to the checkout, you type in S Y M N N K N A. That's S Y M N N K N A, and get yourself twenty percent off any orders at canasersuk.com. We went deep, man. And of course, shout out to Richie, man. Yeah, Richie and Torrain, always love. And you know we got to make sure people know about the cmosboss.co.uk for any of your, hey, Wild Atlantic Way, Coast of Donegal Sea products. We're talking about Irish Moss, Dulce, Bladderack, Spirulina. Come on. Well, I'm telling you, in terms of regeneration, Wolverine must have been on some of this shit. Do you know what I mean? Because it helps you regenerate. I'm here as a living proof. My fingers, you know, it don't look that great, but it's growing out. I got just a whole load of, you know, blood and all that to grow right. my fingernails. The, but the I'm fact that good. you, the fact that you didn't have a finger mm. before Christmas and it's growing back again. Yeah, seems, that's, that's satin. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been cutting my fingernails. Think about that. That shouldn't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, but I put it to the sea, Moss. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, um, he you can get quick. yourself. He did heal quick from that. Sea mm, Moss gels, um, uh, Wakami as well. Uh, there's so many different products, man. But make sure you and you should know the benefits by now, man. Like I'm saying, I'm living proof. If you uh, make sure you, when you get to the checkout, you type in about twenty. That's about twenty in uppercase. You can make sure you get yourself twenty percent off any orders from the cmosboss.co.uk. You know what I mean? We've got to shout out our supporters, man. All the crew that were locked in. We appreciate you, mother lovers. The uncommon censors. I'm talking about Yamor, King Chico, Liz Williams, Regantology, BLA. Yes, it's been a good one, man. A good session. Mr. Green. <laughs> Yo, yeah, man, people went in tonight, man. Turbo Tabalicious, love as well, man, for the super chats. Big up. Yes, Mr. Green, man. Yeah, it's good, good to see, man. It's good to see people getting involved. Rob, I know you're feeling it. King Chico. <laughs> Shout out to all the, to all the cancers. To all the Pisceans, <laughs> to all the Leos, <laughs> to all my Aquarians. Hey, hey, all you Virgos, don't think we missed you out, man. You know what I mean? We didn't get to talk about you lot that much, man. Yeah, yeah. All the Sagittarians out there. Yo, yo. That's how it was, though, back in the, you know what I mean? Back in the days, they said, like, what, what star sign are you? Well, I'm Cancer now. Dun, 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 dun. Well, I'm a Cancer <laughs> now. Yeah, and I ain't really right, into yeah. hand me downs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a Leo. You know, I don't be lying. <laughs> I be lying. I like, I like the double pun there, lying, lying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, 
gotta keep the levels he up. He ain't there, lost man. it. I got a reputation to help hold up here, man. <laughs> Shout out to see through the script, man. I didn't even see he came through earlier. Yeah. Yeah, man. We're gonna have see through the script on next week. Get into some of that numerology. I know Mem's, Mem's deep on that. All right, we deep to have a conversation with Mem's. Oh, that would be a yeah, script, yeah, man, yeah, and that, that be stuff. Because script has been going in deep of late, man. Like really digging in deep with his videos. He's not just like breaking down, hey, this is what happened today, and blah blah blah. He's like, you know, really going into some history on um, a lot of this stuff, man. And it's amazing when you when you start seeing how deep people are digging. Mem's the same. Well, you realize like, yo, this has been going on way longer than you think. This ain't just like all this media and that that's going on now that's giving you this information. This is just like offspring of all that shit. This is like, yeah, like, look, this is how you just keep them involved in it now. Mm. They don't even realize, like, that's how easy it is. And we'll just tell you. Like, now they're doing it with all the American football and that, innit? They're telling people, like, yeah, scripts. Uh, so what's going on with this script? They're just saying it now. They don't even care. People are um, predicting, you know, there are people that predicted live on TV or whatever what the score was going to be for the America, uh, the um, last Super Bowl just gone. And it happened that way. It's like, yo. <laughs> what film was we saying about? Uh, the um, Adjustment Bureau. Adjustment Bureau, yeah. yeah. Adjustment Bureau. Yeah. Have you seen that, Mem? Do you know the Adjustment Bureau film? I don't, no, I haven't seen that now, man. So it's sort of, um, it's a Philip K. Dick story that they oh, turned I've into a film. I've heard of the person, Philip K. But Dick. Got, yeah. But it's got a sort of, uh, it's about like some people who adjust events in in the in the i suppose the whole universe yeah and uh and and a man finds out about the about them and how they're like adjusting tiny little events so it's sort of like a bit like um you know the gematria thing where there's there's sort of like a code behind everything that you yeah. can work out so i suppose it is sort of a philip k dick's attempt at trying to sort of explain something like that mm. but it's, yeah it's, it's a bit you know, it's a bit um, Hollywood-ish and it's got uh, Matt Damon in it and all that sort of thing. But it's a good film if you're into the, these sort of concepts of like, you know, that there's like order to sort of events and that, and that um, you can work out why when events are happening and, mm. you know, there's some sort of order and code behind it all. Not like Matrix style thing, but it's more like he he works out how they he can sort of, adjust something in his life to make a certain event happen and yeah. all this and it's all the ramifications of work if you adjust that one thing and all this other stuff needs adjusting as well and he was looking at his birth chart well <laughs> yeah, I suppose yeah I suppose that's what that's, that's what I think Philip <laughs> K. Dick yeah it's Philip true, K. It? Dick's about that sort of stuff I'm telling you man there's some form of way they want to like tell people and I guess that's, that's the only way you might get in trouble for it though you know what I mean <laughs> Ask the Matrix. Yeah, man. Wicked mother lover. Shout out to Robbie Love. Shout out to the crew that were locked in, man. We appreciate you each and every time, man. So, yeah, next week we'll be back with uh, See Through the Script with some more of that ish you might not never know nothing about. I think that's it, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Dan DNA, thank you as always for manning the boards. Wow. You know what I mean? Making sure this can happen. Robbie, shout out to um, Staying Snug. 
<laughs> Rob Cozy. stayed snug in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to try and yeah, flash yeah. a quick picture up. You, oh, you can't really see snug. him. You can see his phone and his, and his blanket. There. <laughs> he's, he's all snugged out, boy. We go snug. This shit. Yeah, we go snug. This shit. Yeah, we go snap, nap, 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 nap. <laughs> yes, man. Big up. Regontology. Yes, one love, man. Good luck for work tomorrow, you lot, man. Big up all the people. Yeah, I don't even know what... Um, yeah, we're in Aquarius, so I guess, yeah. Shout out to all the Aquarians out there, all my fellow water bearers, water pourers. We didn't get to do a roll call, but, you know what I mean, we'll save it for next week. It's all good. But we're getting blazed out here. Anyway, it's that time, mother lovers. You know what I mean? My name is My Stiggy. That's been Dan DNA. Robbie stays snug. And you know what we're about. We'll be back next week with some more shit you might not never know nothing about.